Art and Bold Fit Podcast. Art and Bold Fit Podcast. Art and Bold Fit Podcast. Thursday, where you at, James? What's poppin'? Episode 74 of the Art MBS Podcast, the podcast by artists, for artists, and art lovers. I am your host from the West Coast, broadcasting the slums. We out here, man. Fresno, California. Hold on, man. Get my levels right, Flex. Turn me up, Flex. Turn me up. Okay, yo, yeah, yeah. We here, yeah. Yeah, man. I had to, I had to make sure my joints right. So anyway, shout out to cats over on Apple holding us down. Drop that, um, you know, the stars, the uh, comment. It leaves us a better chance in battling the cats with celebrity in the algorithms. We trying to get on the hot new podcast joint, you guys. Cats over on Spotify, hit that follow. We appreciate you. Uh, people over on the web holding it down, man. We, yeah, I love y'all. Shout out to three cats over on Patreon. Keep, uh, yeah, man, y'all niggas stay six feet apart. <laughs> uh, yo, okay, anyway, announcements. Still got paintings for sale. We still got shirts uh, on the Teespring, all that good stuff, books. You know what I'm saying? Plugs, man. What's up with the plugs? Shout out to the back in custom framery. Have some respect for your artwork. Put it back in on that bitch. Nigel, yo, you got them uh, framing needs. He gonna take care of it. He let me hold the casinos like a surrogate. Everything from the tabernacle to the tondo. Keep it smooth like Lando. You know what I'm saying? Yo, we, we out here popping. Shouts to uh, Wild South Signs. You guys need some stickers. You need some vinyls. Hit up Gamble over there. He just... uh. Fell off a two, uh, three-story skyscraper. Get well soon, Gamble. Sanda uh, Gamble. Yeah. Wishes and well uh, kisses and stuff. But only through the DMs. His girl be tripping. So, yeah, man. We here. Episode 74 of the Art and BS Podcast. The podcast by artists for artists and art lovers. We out here, y'all. It's Valentine's Day um, week, I guess. Love is in the air. You know what I'm saying? Love, birds. Yeah was popping with y'all and uh single people hold it down um yeah so what else is cracking black history month so we celebrating we regulating um i will be launching a black history episode um probably monday or something things got a little jumbled i'm getting um getting the hang of this man your boys had a lot going on mercury's in retrograde right now mercury's in lemonade so you know a lot of stuff is uh getting fumbled and picked back up, but uh, we 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 passing the baton and grabbing it for myself, I guess. <laughs> what am I doing? I got a lot going on right now. Anyway, you guys say great guests. We got O'Neill Scott in the building, man. Fantastic painter. Um, yeah, this is it's serious. I'm excited. Black History Month. We've been coming through with some painters. I got some dope emails. Um. So some stuff is scheduled next week. It's exciting, you guys. It's an exciting time. Um, I'm not going to hold you too long. First time listeners, we appreciate you guys pulling up. Um, yeah, man, wipe your feet when you walk in the door. Returning family members, you know what's really popping. Smoke it if you got it. Drink it if you got it. Sip it if you got it. Pour it up. You got that breve. You got that macchiato. All my niggas sipping dirty chai. What's really popping? Yeah, man, so, ah, oh, goodness gracious. You saw me just get out of the whip. I mean, it, I mean, we here. It's time for that record, man. Eel nigga alert, eel nigga alert. Hey.
So yeah, in the uh, in the spirit of like playing, you know what I'm saying, all types of fly stuff, we out here. I gotta just keep it up strictly fly for you guys. So uh, you know what I'm saying. Let me get my record right. Elk had the Maltese Falcon, Fabergé eggs, the butler's name is Alfred, Morris Chicken, foreign bitches, fill the pitches. I stared off in the distance, the dread played cricket. Art and I'm not playing with this. Make them take you to the house. Say, Ma, don't give them nothing unless he's treating you special. Soon it get desperate and go down and bless you. And when he 
come up for air with a mouth full of hair. Just grab your coach bag and get the fuck out of there. Yeah. I show you how to do this, hon. Look. Think big, fuck getting your nails done. Think cars, crib, jewels, some shit for your son. Don't let them give you hard dick and bubble. Art and Make bullshit podcast. Bubble, 2001, Art and bullshit podcast. Yeah, I'm having too much fun. Now here, let's close it out. He sold me dust. Art, Art and bullshit podcast. Art and bullshit podcast. He spit on the mic, yuck saliva. I need a Zantac Here we go. And thanks before I blank into anaphylactic shock. Art and bullshit podcast. Tell them the basics. Basically, break the matrix. And just for kicks, make them gel like ASICs. Art and bullshit podcast. Can you please pass the cocktail sauce? Close it out, heavy generators in the building, man. Said broads call me horny. I make sure I close them back if there's too scorny or bony. Bony MCs use a standing, leave them hanging. Art like and bullshit podcast. Art and bullshit podcast. All right, here we go. Let's bring them home. True victory, a new sick story. I never met a chick that was too thick for me. Ladies, where you at? You can act Doc Zizmore, the slow guzzle got your nizzle crooked like Big Jaw. Alright, let's get to the episode, man. We having too much fun out here. Live since back with 25 cents ice. We just here, man. What's up? You already live once. Martin VS Podcast, episode 74. What's good? What kid? Born the red bloody. Do some favor or come on, get head buddy. Open if you run. I'll be there in a jiffy, son, with the flames and press the light off the one yeah, man. All right, y'all niggas, man. All right, thank you, everybody, for coming out. I know what you guys are waiting for. James, pulling them cuts, man. All right, 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 all right. There you okay. You guys want the episode? I'm going to give you the episode. Give them what they want, yo. All right, uh, without further ado, here's the episode. Um, once again, thank you guys for coming out. Hopefully, you enjoy listening as much as I enjoy doing this, man, because, yeah, this is, it's, I would say it's fulfilling, it's enriching, it's um, inspiring. Yeah, this is, man, this this is crazy, and it just keeps getting better and better and better, so we got some big things on the horizon. Enjoy uh, this episode. Here we go. Yeah. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Niggas not knowing. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Yo, 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 yo. We here. We back. Episode, what is this? I think it's 74 of the Art and BS Podcast. The podcast by artists for artists and art lovers. I am your host from the West Coast, James Geralds. We're broadcasting, recording from the slums of Fresno, California, Broadway Studios. Yo, you guys know who we got in the building today. You've seen the descriptions, you've seen the, uh, what's that thing called, the cover image, all that kind of fly stuff. But man, we got another hitter in here. You know, we got, we got a brother by way of 
uh, Camden, New Jersey, you know, out of out of the great state of Pennsylvania. We, uh, you know, he came up, earned his stripes down in Sp- in Spanish Town, Jamaica. You might have seen him in Fine Art Connoisseur. You know, you might have seen him in selected group shows, solo shows. We're going to get to all of that in a second. Bibliography is on crazy. Studio Magazine, Studio Visit Magazine. You might have seen him in Create Magazine. You might have seen him in Poets and Artists Magazine. You might have seen him in Southwest artist magazine that december issued it was lit hold on man can we get some air horns for the hold up okay it's serious over here black history month you know we're not talking about it we we've been about it we're not new to this we true to this and uh without further ado i would like for you guys to give a warm round of applause for this week's guest o'neill scott What's up, what's up, what's up, brother? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Just, you know, chilling out here in the snow. Bunch of snow right now in Philly, but, you know, we're good. Okay, okay. Thank you for coming through, for tapping into the Art MBS podcast. Absolutely. Okay. So the first question we have for you um, is, it's, it's kind of a generalized thing that we like to know. What was your first memory seeing art? Oh, seeing art? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I know you had an actually, uncle, but was that where it was at? Yeah. Uh, as far as someone being creative and just like, uh, I think you know, drawing and and um, painting stuff that I thought was uh, was unbelievable. Yeah, it was. It was definitely my uncle. Um, you know, uh, he used to draw and and paint all the time, and I used to just sit there and watch when, when we were younger in Jamaica. So. Um, yeah, that, that was like the first, first time, you know, um, being introduced to that. And, and, uh, I remember thinking like, I, you know, I don't know how someone could do that. I don't think I would ever be able to do that, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that was it. So now was he doing drawings? Was he doing paintings? Like what, what was he doing? Uh, he did both. Um, he used to do, do drawings all the time. He would just sit and draw like on the porch and stuff like that. But um, but he also did paintings. Um, I remember him painting my mom and things like that. So, um, yeah, yeah, he did both. Okay. So now, was it something? How how old were you around this time? Uh, I probably was around seven. Okay. Yeah, like five, six, seven, around that age. Okay. So now, was your uncle? Was it something that? Because I know in in Jamaica, it's like you got to get it to live and get it how you live. Was he selling his drawings mm-hmm. and paintings or was that a, a passion of his that he did on the side? Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know. Um, I never actually asked. I think, uh, um, you know, maybe if I ever, ever uh, talk to him again, I'll definitely ask. But um, it was just one of those things that I was just enamored with, but I never uh, asked him, you know, what he did with them or, where they went or anything like that. I think it was just something he did because, um, so he had mental health or, or has mental health issues. So, um, he's currently in a insane asylum down there in Jamaica, mm. but he, um, it was, I think it was just something that, uh, you know, kind of helped them cope and stay sane. Um, it, it was, a I guess you can say it was a really impoverished environment down there. Mm-hmm. So, um, things like, you know, uh, pills and you know whatever other medicines you need to actually uh cope with some of the 
the disorders he was going through, I don't think that wasn't accessible at the time. So, I mean, I could easily see him drawing and painting just being uh, a way to cope with some of that. Mm. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. Um, that's it, it's really interesting because I always talk. Uh, you know, I I, well, I can't say I always talk because black painters mm-hmm. are super rare. <laughs> <laughs> so so when I do talk to black painters, I like to talk about the aspect of us getting into fine art and uh, mm-hmm. like just how difficult it is. So like your story is just it's like a credit to that conversation because here it is like you have an uncle and granted like he had some mental instability, but there are a lot of European artists that had mental instability. So like, who's Mm -hmm. to say if he wasn't in like France or something like that, you know what I'm saying? Like there, there's definitely the the possibility. So yeah, I just, when I hear that, I think about that. Um, So how did, so uh, your family from, from Jamaica, then they moved over to, over to the States or how did that work out? Yeah. Yeah. They moved over to the States. I, um, you know, I was living with my, my dad, uh, my biological dad in New York, for a little bit and then i moved to um philadelphia with my mom and uh and my stepdad and then uh and then we kind of moved over right over the bridge to um camden new jersey okay okay and that's kind of kind of where i grew up you know okay so here's the real question are you a 76ers fan or are you a nets fan or were you doing- oh yeah oh the 76ers <laughs> well basically like Camden is like an extension of Philadelphia, pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. It's like right there over the bridge. So, okay. um, it's it, we do everything Philly does, pretty much. Um, it was you know seventy sixers, Eagles, uh, Philly. You know, um, it just was what it was. So okay, that, that's cool. That's <laughs> and I'm always curious because like the East Coast, the states are a lot more compact. Uh, whereas like the West mm-hmm. Coast, you know, California is like the it's yeah, like you can drive yeah. the time it takes you to get to like Fresno to L.A. on the East Coast. You're in a whole different state. Like four hours is like yeah. crazy travel time. Um, oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah, I definitely yeah. think that. Huh? I mean, yeah, I was going to say half an hour here. Like I can be in Philly. I can be in Delaware. I can be in P.A. Um in Maryland in 30 minutes from where I am. Um, so it's, you know, and then New York is uh, an hour and a half away. And then DC is another hour and a half Baltimore in the other direction. So it's like, it's all so compact. And, you know, um, I go back and forth to those places all the time because uh, different things to see, different cultures, um, different, you know, art shows, whatever's going on. You know, it's, you know, it's good to have that. Right, right. So, okay, we jump forward. Let's get, let's, let's take it back, way back. <laughs> so you're over here in the States, uh, a young man cutting his teeth. So when you were in um, elementary school, were you, you were doing yeah. drawings at that point, illustrations and things? Yeah, I mean, so I remember um, I used to always draw, uh, it was like Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles was like the big thing. And it was good because it kind of all looked alike. It was just like a different, you know, a different color for like the headband or whatever. So, so yeah, me and my friends, we would just, we would draw Ninja Turtles. I think this was like, um, fourth, fifth grade. And, uh, 
and we would draw them doing a bunch of stuff, draw them throughout the comics. But then, um, you know, as I got older and progressed, it, it moved into like Marvel comics. And I remember, um, so we, we used to draw, like memorize exactly how the characters used to look. And we used to draw the Marvel, um, comics, you know, characters from, from memory. We had like all the cards and everything. And, um, you know, we, we eventually like created comic books and, uh, all of this was like just right off the top of our head, uh, just trying to outdo each other. So I think, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of like where, you know, my drawing, uh, first started and kind of, you know, developed just being able to understand anatomy. And I mean, when you talk about comics, it's like muscles on top of muscles and just, you know, the way they move and, and things like that. We just had to memorize all that. So, Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hung out with like a, a group of kids. Um, at that time I was living across the street from, um, the Salvation Army. So the Salvation Army had this free after school program or whatever. And, um, there was a group of kids that, that would go there. So I would go there after school and we would just sit there and we would just draw and we'd just try to outdo each other. Um, I think it was probably like four or five of us. Uh, the older ones were always way better than everybody, but mm-hmm. we were still trying to, um, you know, compete and trying to make sure that, you know, our our drawings look better than theirs and stuff like that. So I think that kind of fostered everything. And that happened to, like, I probably was, like, up until, like, eighth grade. So I was just, we were just drawing and competing against each other consistently. We just all, we probably just all just got better because of that. Mm. So who were some of your favorite Marvel villains? Mar- Marvel villains or films? Yeah, no, the villains. Yeah, let's talk bad guys. We're not oh, talking good guys. We're talking bad guys. Yeah. Oh man, bad guys. Uh, Magneto. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I was a big Wolverine guy, so I I liked Sabretooth. Sabretooth was, you know, was that guy mm-hmm. when when it came to uh, going against Wolverine, um, Apocalypse. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I I still don't understand to this day how you can beat him. Um, you can't. Yeah, man. I, <laughs> crazy. Venom. Venom was that boy. I, you know, they. I like. I, I like them all. You know. Um, well, when you were talking about the comic book cards, I was thinking. Um, I think it was like the second series they came out with and you could take, it would be like a team like X factor. And if you got the Uh whole team, you would put all nine of them together and it would make a page that was actually like a full blown like illustration of like the whole group. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. Yeah. I I don't think we had those ones. Mm -hmm. Uh, We might've, but Mm -hmm. like I would have the, uh, you know, the books with the pages and you could put all the cards in there. Yep. Yeah. Like, um, mm-hmm. like the laminated pages. Yep, I would have yep. those and then mm-hmm. you like flip through them or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then we would just draw the cards. We would draw the cards and then we would, but then we would start like making up our own stuff based on how the characters and the cards looked. Um, and we'd do that all the time, like nonstop. So, okay. Now, <clears throat> so high school, you're you're doing the um the the marvel thing or i'm sorry so junior high bong so then high school did you take art as an elective or how did that work out nah i mean so it that's not um i guess that's not really how it worked when uh when when i got to high school it was like you had to take art for like i think it might have been like two or three years it was like uh, 
and it was weird because so I'm from I'm from Kansas. I don't know if you're familiar with with like the dynamics of Canada, but it's pretty much you know really urban, all you know all black and Hispanic kids, and um, they really limited you to the things you can take, um, your curriculum. It was very structured for you, so it wasn't like um, I could freely say, "Hey, I'm going to take art this day and not," uh, and then um, you know, take art this semester and, and take something else another semester. A lot of times, they had kind of already chosen some of that stuff for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fortunate that I did have art for like three years, um, but it wasn't it wasn't the art that. Uh, I think, you know, I liked, I just liked drawing, really. I didn't really know much about the art world or anything like that. I just know mm-hmm. I just liked to draw. Um, so I think what got me going in high school was, like, I used to draw People Magazine. Like, I used to draw all the people in, like, People Magazine. So, like, you know when they used to come up with, like, the 50, whatever, whatever? Yeah, 50 most people important people, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. stuff mm-hmm. like that. I used to just go through and just fill up my uh, drawing books with, with those pictures, they just copy them right out of the pages. And then, um, and yeah, man, that's, that's kind of like how I got into drawing more and more people. I remember the first, uh, actual, like real person I've ever drawn, like not a cartoon character mm-hmm. was, uh, Deion Sanders. Deion oh, Sanders. I remember wow. Seventh Prime grade. Time. Yeah. Like we had this, like we were always competing when we were younger. So, um, we were competing to see who could draw something the best in the class mm-hmm. and everybody was like, Oh no, I could draw. And then it was like a couple other kids that could draw too. So we all like chose something to draw. And they, while they were still stuck on drawing the cartoon characters, um, I winded up drawing Dion. Like I had a Dion card and I winded up drawing Dion Sanders. And it was like, you know, it was more realistic. This is the first time I ever drew anything like realistic. So and, wait, you know, trying was to it baseball way. Dion or football Dion? Football, football. Okay, okay, football. okay. Well, I mean, because he had the jewelry on. He yeah, had his chains hump. on the on the on the car. Uh, was it? The oh yeah, yeah. Cincinnati, did he play for? Uh, but he would have his chains on. Okay, continue. Yeah, yeah. No, this he had. I mean, he had on his football helmet. Like you mm-hmm. can kind of see it through, but like he had on his football helmet. He had on his, all his football gear, but um, it was still realistic. You know, it was something that was uh, that was embedded in realism. It wasn't like a you know animated thing. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, that's like the first time I did that. And then ever since I did that, like I wasn't really going back to um, drawing any of the cartoon characters anymore. I was just stuck on that. So what year was this in high school? No, this was uh, seventh grade. <laughs> this was like seventh grade. Hold on, we yeah. got to give you some air yeah, horns. Hold on. Seventh grade. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. You, this was seventh not grade. You're so, not playing. Yeah, once I, once I started drawing that, that's when like, everything else started coming. I remember drawing like uh, a lot of like rappers. And, you know, you start drawing all the celebrities and things like mm-hmm. that when you're little and like all the people you admire. But like, yeah, once I did that, it was just kind of like we were just switching over. So outside of Deion Sanders, what were your two favorite celebrity drawings that you made? Oh man, favorite? <sighs> I did a lot. I think... um let me see. I did a fo- I drew Foxy Brown, which okay, is like, okay, okay. you know, this is like yeah. back when like, and uh, I'm trying to think who else was really really good. I think it was like Lauren Hill and Foxy Brown, like those mm. two were like really really good at the time. Yeah. Um, Shout out I might to actually the black have queens. that book too. 
Yeah, my ex used to have that book where it's like it's just a whole bunch of them and you just keep flipping through. <laughs> like now they look, I think, you know, I look back at it, I'm like, oh, these are terrible. But like back then I was like, oh man, you know, I could actually <laughs> go hey, a little bit. Oh, Neil, it's time to do that how it started versus how it's going. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I do need to do that. Like just, just like grab one of them and like, you know, show it. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. It totally. It was definitely totally different. And you know, for me to hear you say like, yo man, art was just part of the curriculum. Like that's mind boggling for me, O'Neill, because I always it, out West, it was a, an elective and they always told me that the mm -hmm. art classes were full so I could never get in one. And then, oh, man. yeah. So I moved to Indianapolis and I, Look, man, I had to ditch class to go into my homie's art class. That's how I wanted to be in art. Like, I would just ditch because it was still oh, wow. full there, and Mr. Price would just let me hang out, and I would just ditch and be in there. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, wow, that's, that's like, oh, man, like, I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And But the thing was, you wouldn't have it every semester, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, um, you had it every year, but you mm -hmm. didn't have it every semester. So, okay. um there were, you know, there were like semesters where I didn't have art and I was just pissed. I was like, that, like I don't have art. But um, <laughs> but yeah, you would have it every, every, uh, every year though. Okay, so then now I gotta ask you this, man. When did you uh first get introduced to like nineteenth century painting, and like the whole Renaissance movement, oh. you know that kind of stuff? Uh, I mean, I heard bits and pieces around it. Um. I'll say this. So we had uh, we had a class in high school. And it's weird because it's a, it's a history class. We had um, African American and Hispanic studies. Um, everybody in the school was either African American or Hispanic. There was literally no white people in the school, right? Um, so so that was the class: African American Hispanic studies um, history class. Uh, there was. Uh, a part of the class when we when we talked about art and um picasso picasso was a big one um and that's kind of like when i started learning a little bit more about you know the different uh, uh genres of art and things like that and i remember painting um and i painted this uh, several times since then but i painted uh picasso's 1915 harlequin um mm. and i painted that in high school now mind you this is like a while ago and then i went um and then when i went to college i painted it like five more times mm -hmm. and then um when i got out of school i painted it another time but i remember uh when i painted that and this is this is uh interesting because i took that painting and i showed my mom like hey you know i'm painting this or whatever she i didn't tell her anything about it she looked at it and was like Oh, she was like, that's way bigger. Because <laughs> I was painting, you know, like kind of small for the class or whatever. Mm -hmm. She was like, it's way bigger. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, it's way bigger. It's probably like, you know, six feet. I was like, what? I was like, okay, like this is like before me knowing anything about art. Wow. So mom, and, um, yeah, she my checked mom, you. She like, did. But wait, check this hold out. Up. Okay. Well, well, <laughs> but my mom, like, if you know my mom, she. My mom has, like, a fourth-grade education. Like, she's from Jamaica. Like, you know, like, you wouldn't think she would know all this stuff and, you know, would understand it. But, like, yeah, right off the bat, she was like, that's way bigger. I was like, and then it's, so that same painting is hanging in MoMA. It's in MoMA. 
Mm-hmm. And I saw it. I didn't know it was a MoMA, but then I saw it when I got out of school and she was right. It's way bigger. <laughs> like, you know, um, it's a Picasso. So it's like huge. And I was like, I was like, damn, like, how did she know that all the way back then? Um, I never, you know, I should probably ask her that because she knew a lot more about art than she actually let on. Right. But, uh, but yeah, she was just, it was kind of like one of those things. She's just walking by and was like, oh, yeah, it's nice. It's way bigger. The real one's way bigger. Like what? Like, like just random, you just randomly know about Picasso's nineteen fifteen. Like okay. Oh, uh, yeah, but see, it was probably yeah, one of them situations. Like, well, you never asked. You know what I'm saying? She's like, man, I got all this other stuff to worry about. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. And um, but yeah, so my first introduction to like some of that stuff mm-hmm. was uh, was yeah, in high school. Um, never really went to a museum like that. Never, you know, the Philly Art Museum is right there. Never went to it. Um, wasn't really fully interested in it because I just didn't know. You know, you mm-hmm. don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it wasn't until I got to college that I took art history and, and you know, I kind of got a better sense of what was out there. So now, you know, I did some uh, competitive intelligence, man, and I listened to uh, one of your other interviews. So can you talk about that experience? Because do you still bleed orange or how does that work? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I think I do. I, um, you want me to talk about? Like, well, because you were doing football and, like and painting at the same yeah. time. So you want to you talk a yeah. little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Um, so I went to, I actually wound up getting a scholarship. So I played football all throughout high school. Um, uh, wound up getting a scholarship at, uh, to Syracuse. I had, had multiple scholarships, honestly. I had uh, scholarships like up and down the East Coast, most of the, the uh, schools in the Big East, and then um, some of the SEC schools. And then, uh, so I, I went on a lot of visits, but then I went on, you know, visits to Syracuse and um, my visit was mainly the art department. Like that's all, like everyone else, like all other, you know, athletes that was there, they took them somewhere else, took them lunch or whatever. And they took me on this guided tour through um, uh, visual performing arts, you know, huge, huge building, mm. actually two huge buildings um, in Syracuse. And, um, you know, coming from, from Camden, like I don't, I don't know nothing about nothing. Like we, you know, you don't, you're, I mean, if you know the city, you, you would know what I'm talking about. And, um, and just going through that, that like blew me, like pretty much that sold me on the school. I was like, okay, I'm going to play football in Syracuse, like, cause I can do art, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that was kind of how they got me there. Um, I don't think they fully understood the curriculum and like how demanding it was. Um, because I, I honestly didn't, didn't know how long the studio classes were going to be and things like that. So I don't know. Are you familiar with like, uh, uh like a division one athletes, like a uh, football schedule, like how the, how the day goes? I am not, man. <laughs> <laughs> so it's crazier than you think. So why, this is why they say athletes should be paid, like D1, like athletes should be paid. Like we wake up. So you get there, right? Um, let's say, you know, you're a student. You wake up at 6 o'clock. Um, you have to be on the track at 6 o'clock. Like your toes, 
have to be on the track at six o'clock in the morning. Um, you do your morning agilities, your morning workouts uh, for hour, hour and a half. Um, after that, you have breakfast. It's all it's all provided for you. It's all in the football complex. Um, then you you know take a shower. You you have to get to class. Everyone has to take morning classes, depending on uh, you know the school you go to. But at Syracuse, everyone has to take morning classes. Mm-hmm. Um, class started at eight, and uh, and you had to try to so between eight and one you had to try to fit in a time to lift weights. You had to lift weights as well. So you had to take all your classes in the morning. And if your classes didn't fit in between eight and one, like you had to either take it next year or take it next, you know, like, or even take it in the summer. Like, yeah, you, you were kind of out of luck. Um, So for me, you know, studio classes are like five, six hours long. Um, you're in there painting the figure, you know, um, where you're drawing and your, you know, 2D, 3D studios, all that stuff. Like they're long classes. And, uh, and so it was easy because, um, freshman year, um, it was all the foundation stuff. So I was able to do a lot of the foundation classes, um, because they offered it so many different times and offered it multiple times because every student kind of had to take foundation. So there were a lot of foundation classes. The problem is, when you get into um when you get into like your actual uh major and those classes uh those studio classes were offered less less so um so i had to try to fit that in with my football schedule um trying to make sure that you know uh i can like do the art stuff and like get to football and play because i wanted to play i mean that was that was like a big part of it like i wanted to play football you know Mm -hmm. Um, so I quickly realized that like looking over the schedules and things like that, that most of the time, like I would be getting to practice like halfway through the practice practice would be like almost over. Um, and it was like, how are you going to play if you never really practice? Uh, so it was one of those things where I think I had to make the decision mm-hmm. to like, Oh, whether I wanted to play football or whether I wanted to do art at Syracuse. Um, right. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was hard. I remember, like, sitting in there with my coach, like, my position coach, who's kind of like, uh, kind of almost like your, uh, your guy, I want to say like a guidance counselor almost when you're, in, when you're playing football. Um, you know, he was just, like, breaking it down to me and just letting me know, like, we know you came here for art. Like, we, they, they came to Camden and, like, I showed them my portfolio, like, when they was, you know, when I was in high school, like, like that's what they they knew that's what I wanted to do, and he was just like, "We know you came here for art. I want you to stick with the art. We'll figure something out. We'll try to make it work or whatever." But I could clearly see the writing on the wall. Like if I didn't come to practice, like I probably wasn't gonna play really, mm-hmm. um, and I wanted to play. So uh, I just decided like, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch my major. I'm just gonna you know." try to do art on the side, you know, if I, if I could take classes, I can, if I can't, you know, it is what it is, but, um, I want to play football. So, uh, that's kind of like what I did. Um, and, you know, uh, looking back on it, I probably wouldn't have did that. I probably would have stuck with it. Um, but you know, you, you're a kid and you want to play ball and you know, it's, it's kind of what you have to go through, you know? 
Mm-hmm. So have you heard of Ernie Barnes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because yeah, no, it's, it's like, you know, so, well, yeah, and I, it's funny because I'm asking you and you like, brother, like, I know the same, like, we got to do the research, <laughs> right? But, and a lot of people have it. And I, it's these conversations, O'Neill, are so rare for me. It's like, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, it's interesting uh, that it's like, that's what you were experiencing. And then, like, he went to the NFL and then Bond mm-hmm. ends up painting and doing covers, like flipping the the iconic, you know, Marvin yeah. Gaye, which we all love. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? We're probably conceived to. Um, so, yeah. it, you know, the, so, okay, you, you ended up playing. So you got that, you know, on your belt. You got that notch. So then what at what point did you decide, like, man, I want to get on this art thing. I want to take this art thing serious. Mm, it wasn't until like years later i think um you know i always felt like something was missing like when i wasn't painting or when i wasn't drawing i was still drawing here and there but i wasn't really like i I pretty much never painted with oils i never did any of that stuff um so years later i was like and and it wasn't until like instagram really i mean like people were real like i was like I got on Instagram and I was looking at what people were posting and I was like, you know, I'm really, I really feel like something is missing. Um, I have to get back to actually making serious work. Um, so, um, mind you, I had like a bunch of sketches, a bunch of drawings from like foundation classes and things like that. And, um, I always felt like I was at the top of the class, uh, when we were doing a lot of that stuff, but, um, I felt like a lot of it was lost. So I decided like, uh, probably it was like six years ago now, six years ago, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get uh, a group or a body of work together and then I'm going to like approach a gallery or something. Um, so it was crazy because the very first painting, <laughs> the very first painting I did was this painting called Citizen. And it was basically like me, um, with you know a suit on and then like the american flag over the over my face and um and uh and i was like you know what and then i just posted it and i posted that and like got some interesting reactions but the one thing that happened was like a gallery director reached out to me um she was like carolyn kramer she was like i love this painting i have i have this show coming up i have a gallery i want to see it and it was like and I was like, what? You know, I'm thinking like, this is the first painting out of, you know, this whole body of work that I was supposed to be doing. And obviously she, she gave me the, the typical gallery uh, uh, question. What else you got? You know, what else you got? What else, what else are you painting? What else are you working on? And I'm like, I didn't even, to, to tell you the truth, I didn't even think it was that good, but it, um, I think it, it resonated with, with a lot of people. Um, so, she was basically like, hey, you know, we're in, we're, the gallery was in Cape Cod. She was like, you know, my gallery's in Cape Cod, um, uh, but I have a house in North Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just bring it, drive, you know, bring it up to North Jersey, let me take a look at it. Pull up. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, I'll let you know from there, basically. So I brought it up to North Jersey. She wasn't there. I left it at her house. 
and uh, I think her dad was there or whatever. Like her, her parents were like elderly, and they were there. And um, and she called me back and was like, "Oh, you know, I really want it, but uh, you know, the show isn't for like a month or two. Um, can you just hold on to it until then?" So, you know, I went back up thinking like, "Oh, you know, nothing's gonna happen with this painting, whatever. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'll just keep it moving." Got the painting, brought it back. Uh, she winded up reaching back out to me probably like a month later. It was like, can you ship the painting up? I had this show coming up. Um, oh, gosh, I can't remember the name of the show now. But, yeah, she had she had a show up there, and she wanted it to be like a featured painting in the show. Mm. Long story short, I sent it up there. As soon as she opened the doors, five minutes into opening the doors for the show, the painting sold. And she called me like going crazy, <laughs> like talking about the reaction of the painting. It was like on the cover of the magazine and the local magazine, all this kind of stuff. And um, welcome to and, yeah, Red and, Dot yeah. City. Yeah, it was like after that, you know, it was like let's let's talk about a show kind of thing, and um, let's talk about a solo show. Let's talk about that's kind of how it happened, man. And um. You know, I'm, I think I'm really grateful for her and that gallery in general because she was uh, she was older, but she was a gallery director for uh, a good amount of time before she opened her own gallery. But she was also, um, I think, uh, like a fashion art uh, director type of person for, um, I think it was like Elle magazine or one of those magazines up there in New York for a really long time like Ooh. for years so uh so she knew you know she knew a lot of people she knew what she's talking about um and she like gave me guidance that i think uh a lot of other galleries or a lot of other galleries directors wouldn't give you um so she took the time to do a lot of that and kind of just guide me you know just being a young artist i was just like i had no clue about anything she guided me on pricing she guided me you know, on, uh, you know, why I'm making works and, and allowing me to think about that and, and what I want to say and just gave me kind of like that, that liberty to, to express yourself. And mind you, like older white, older white, you know, Jewish lady, I think was, you know, one of those things where she's, she couldn't really, you know, not that she couldn't relate to me, but she like, she, she, uh, you know, she understood, um, that I needed to make what was important to me. So mm-hmm. that was great. And I'm, I'm definitely grateful for that. And just showing in that gallery, man, like that's showing there, like, and it's opened so many doors. It's well, been insane. And, you know, I think she looked at you and she was like, man, this cat got the ingredients. He just don't know the recipe. Let me just tell him the recipe it, and then bang. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, she schooled me to like, everything that was going on which was you know a lot of a lot of stuff she says i still and i still rely on her to this day um she winded up closing the gallery because she got uh, pretty sick or whatever but um i still reach out to her and, and ask her opinion on stuff and you know she'll send me uh you know things all the time you know contacts things like that so um i'm definitely grateful grateful to, to everything she did 
so you know and it's it's great hearing you say that and one thing that i pick up on is like how you talked about the meaning behind your paintings looking uh into them and like the why you know and like using your mm-hmm. voice and have and fi- and feeling that liberty uh mm-hmm. so it and my thing is is like it for artists i think that that's a, a super difficult thing to do is to like look inside yourself and then figure out like who am i like what do i want to paint why am i painting this stuff yeah uh, yeah because it's like what is the quote a man's life is based on the questions he asks himself um yeah. So and, and I kind of feel like that with painting, like the more do you is it like that for you? Like the more you paint, like you like learn about yourself and just like all this introspective. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think and that's probably one of my biggest goals this year is to, uh, you know, think a little bit more about who I am and and what I'm painting and why I'm painting it and just make sure it's you know, as authentic and as, uh, as true to uh, myself as possible. Um, and you're right. Like, like Carolyn could have just been like, Hey, you know, give me 20 more citizen paintings because that one's old and, and, you know, just paint it, paint it again, paint it the same way or paint it a little, just slightly different, but, but paint the same thing. And, um, I think I probably would have got tired of that, bored of that mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, I feel like I had a lot more to say and and just painting the same thing over and over again just wouldn't have been um, fulfilling to me. So I think um, it was it was uh, great that she actually gave me that liberty and kind of stuck with it because um, I remember doing an interview up there and just being like, you know, talking to the papers and just being like, these paintings are not paintings that are painted to sell <laughs> like they're not going to go over your you know they're not made to go over your couch or or whatever you want to call it like like these are made for like advancement of like cultures and a connection of empathy and um i want them to be in a museum like they're not mm-hmm. painted you know and uh for her to like stick that out because you know it's like there's gonna be a lot of people that come in there and be like oh you know this is a great painting but how will it look at my house is probably not going to look that great. Um, I think uh, that's changing slightly, but at that time it was just like, I'm painting these things that are important to me and um, that reflect, you know, what I've gone through and the things that I've been through mm-hmm. uh, growing up and, and being an African American, you know, male um, in a society. And it's, I'm, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting and I'm, and I'm happy she gave me the opportunity to do that. So, mm-hmm. so, all right, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Um, because, <laughs> cause I, I think that this is super important having you on and like it, Okay, here's basically I'm not I'm just we just gonna cut through the fat and get straight to the meat because it's like, how important is it for, for people for I'm just going to say it for black people, for young black people, for let's be specific for young black people to have like access um, or like how like do you I'm, 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 what I'm trying to get to is like us like having access to programs so we can tell those stories and have that like the same conversation she had with you like 
what about mm-hmm. like the set the the kid who did that Deion Sanders? Like, what about like the like how can we get those conversations to those kids so we can have like ten of you instead of just like one? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, because yeah. I think that that's what I look at in the artistic space right now. I see a lot of like, there's not a lot of black painters, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of rep, especially now after everything happened, you know, and I put on Twitter, mm-hmm. man, I said 2020 was the year everybody started painting black people, right? Because mm-hmm. it was real. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so like telling the story from your vantage point is like, a sense of authenticity whereas like telling it from someone who's looking at you through a fishbowl I don't know how authentic that is you know what I'm saying so it's mm-hmm. like I think in yeah. order for the art world to get that level of authenticity we need more people to actually tell the firsthand story mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm yeah, ready right man. now man because I got you on here <laughs> yeah man it's I think you're right. I mean, there isn't many of us out there. And, uh, and uh, I mean, I don't want to say that, you know, there isn't many like African-American painters, which I mean, obviously there's, there's not a ton, but I'm painting like at a real, like a level of realism that, you know, I think we're looking for, um, there isn't as many and um a lot of that has to do with what's selling and and what uh what people are going to buy and 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 things like that i mean there's a lot of copycats out there there's a lot of you know folks trying to paint like someone else or um painting abstract paintings or painting um things that they think uh, represent the culture that don't technically fully represent the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also folks out there that, that aren't and haven't dealt with the culture and don't fully understand it that um, are painting, you know, things that from the outside looking in, painting those as well. So um, it's it's different. I mean, we talk about it all the time, right? I think, you know, you can paint whatever you want. You're, you're an artist, you know, Paint whatever you want. Like no one, no one really cares. Um, but I think there's a difference uh, when you know, like let's say let's switch it up a little bit. Let's say you're you're a female painter, and they always talk about like the male gaze, right? Um, there's a difference. We can myself and maybe a female painter who's technically you know a talented painter as well can can paint the same exact subject, the same exact, you know, pose, everything. And it's going to come out looking totally different because my view of the subject, if it's a woman, my view of that female subject is going to be totally different than this woman's view of that female subject. Like Mm -hmm. she's probably going to see a little bit more empathy and, you know, a little bit more strength or something like that, like totally different than maybe I'm looking at it and it's a little bit more sexualized. It's a little bit more, um, I, I don't fully understand it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you, I think that's the same thing when it comes to, um, you know, someone outside of like an African-American culture looking in and trying to paint that subject matter. Um, 
I think it can be well painted. It can be technically brilliant, but it's always missing that little, it's just a different way of looking at it. You look at it differently. And so it feels different. Um, and, you know, and I've had that happen to me where I've painted, I think, uh, subjects that, um, that were important, but they weren't as important to me because I wasn't as close to it. And um, I think they technically, you know, came out good paintings, but do I, do I think if uh, like, let's say a female artist or, you know, someone closer to that situation, Mm -hmm. if they painted it, it would have probably been a much more um, empathetic dynamic painting. Right, um, right. I did it, so. right, because there's that level of understanding. Like there's, there, yeah. I will, okay, wait, let me say that in a better way. There's a deeper connection to the subject. Because exactly. like, yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you, man. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm on board. I'm signed up. I got the t-shirt. And I'll, I'll mm-hmm. even expand on it to, to agree because it is, it's like women uh, painting women. It Like they definitely... Uh, flip it different and there's like you know they might flip or yeah it's definitely um there's a and also what's kind of tight too is is i think women use their paintings oftentimes are more colorful uh like oh, yeah, yeah. like and the yeah. values aren't as like oh. intense but they like have hmm. these crazy color choices i'm like how yeah. do you even it's, how okay yeah but yeah um, they say um it's like the old thing when they say like women are colorists and men are tonalists Mm. Uh, and and it, it it's interesting though because like if you ever find like one of those like technically brilliant portrait painters that are women that are tonalist like check out their work because that stuff looks like it's like levels mm. um but it's it's you're right i mean that's usually what they say you know Right. And so and and I think to to bring it home, I'm not bringing that up to say like, hey, if you're not from like X demographic, you can't paint X demographic. But I think that's important, just like it's important to have women painters. Right. So that women can paint women. So it's I think it's the same kind of uh, thing that we're talking about, no matter like what the uh, like what the ingredient to the pie is. It's like providing the resources. yeah, and you're just looking at it differently, right? I mean, you, you technically can paint anything you want. I mean, and it's good, you know. Um, I would never tell anybody not to paint anything they want or any subject matter, any, you know, um, race or, or religion or whatever. Um, but I think you're right. It, you know, if there's a, a deeper connection with it and a different level of understanding with it, then it's going to come out different. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so let's take, we, we've been talking art and we got all super serious. So let's get to some of the BS <laughs> real quick and lighten up the mood. So if you could have like, a, um, it would have to be poker because that means people can't play dominoes. If you could have a poker game with like five artists, dead or alive, not limited to art, who would those five artists be? Oh, not limited to art? Yeah. Um, they're alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean... Or it could be people. It could be a historical I, person. Like Mandela could be there if you want him. 
Mandela. Um, there are some people. I mean, I I like people who like philosophize and 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 talk about you know things in that sense. I mean, hip hop all day. So I would put I would put Jay Z obviously. Ooh, um, okay. Just breaking down breaking down his lyrics and decoded all that stuff. He he needs to talk to me and help me understand everything. But um, him. I would do. I like Malcolm Gladwell. I don't know if you. Well, I guess he's considered an artist because he's a, he's a writer, but it was a trick. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would do Malcolm Gladwell because, uh, you know, just everything, all the knowledge that he has, and you know, all the people he's interviewed, and how he like puts all of that together is super interesting to me, and and just understanding uh, humans in general is just uh, crazy. Um, Artist, just like you said, dead or alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, dead would probably be Carvaggio, just because I think, <laughs> just because I think. Um, first of all, I love I love Carvaggio. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is a hard lineup you know, so far. I'm with it. Chiaroscuro, um, just uh, just getting into his mind, just fully understanding everything. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That lighting, oh my so god! Many, oh, lighting, crazy. Um, I have so many artists, but I would say that too. Uh, this that's kind of hard, though. I mean, I guess if it's going to be another artist that I would just want to talk to, uh, it's probably you, Thomas Aiken. I'm okay. going to say Thomas Aikens because, okay. because I don't know if you know this, but like, so I go to the Philadelphia Museum of Art all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just to, you know, get inspiration and stuff like that. And there's like this room in the back that uh, has Thomas Aikens, Thomas Aikens everywhere. Um, but just like studying his work. Mm-hmm. And especially some of the like the larger ones where you know he got the positions like dissecting you know the corpse and things like that like those paintings are just i mean they're insane so i think yeah i would put thomas Aikens in there just i just want to pick his brain are strictly art related strictly selfish like let me just pick your brain real quick um but yeah mm-hmm. you got one more i got yeah, because Jay Z, Malcolm Gladwell, Carvaggio, Thomas Akins, one more. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think. I would, I would go political, but I don't really. Who? I would need somebody in there to just lighten the mood. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I think you you know from talking to me, I'm kind of like a little serious, a little too serious. Uh, I would need somebody <laughs> in there. Yeah. <laughs> I would be flying there to to lighten the mood. Probably Chappelle. Okay. It would have to be Chappelle. Chappelle's a president. <laughs> like, I'll put him in there. Um, mm-hmm. Just because, even though it's funny, it's everything he says, it's funny, but it's true. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, it's real, you know? So, I would throw Chappelle in there. So, that would be my, my lineup. So the the thing that I uh I see happening though when you say that it's like as soon as uh Akins and Caravaggio start fighting, 
Chappelle cracks a joke because it's going to happen. Is like there's going to be a fight between those two, like Carvaggio, well, like Akins is going to give him some respect, and then Carvaggio's going to be like, "Look, man, he's going to say something disrespectful." Yeah, I mean, he's, I think he's going to fight with everybody. Like, you know, <laughs> probably extremely jealous, but at the same time, you know, thinks he's thinks he's the best, and rightfully so. And mm-hmm. what you going to do? So, what are your uh, two favorite Hove albums? Oh, uh, Blueprint, and um, uh, a lot of people like Four Four Four. I actually like um, uh, it's a toss up. I think Blueprint is is just probably the best album to me, just in general. But I think um, I don't really listen to Four 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 as much as people would think. Mm-hmm. Um, I like um, what's the one with um, like Tom Ford and all them on it. Um, that is Magna Carta, I think. Blueprint Three. Yeah. No, Magna Carta. Magna, Magna Carta. Carta. Yeah, yeah, that's that a different one. album. Yeah, yeah, Magna Carta. Yeah, so Magna Carta. that's that one. So okay, so those two. So you don't you not messing with uh Kingdom Come? Don't say Kingdom Come. Uh, Kingdom Come is alright, but I would I would put like if I was gonna put it in order, I would put like Reasonable Doubt and Volume Two over like like those like Kingdom Come. Okay. Like Volume Two is what got me into Jay Z. Like. Um, and then I went back and listened to Reasonable Doubt after that. I was like, okay, like now mm-hmm. we're talking about you know something. Yep, yeah, he definitely. Um, that's I think the the Jay Z Nas argument kind of boils down to like two things. It's like Nas is going to paint the picture of the hood, but Jay Z is going to mm-hmm. give you the seeds to buy the hood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you. Yeah, if you if you're talking about like uh, just an understanding of um, how to overcome and just uh, uh, build wealth and and um, where and why you should invest in certain things. I mean, if you study Jay, then you know you kind of have the blueprint right there. Uh, no pun intended, but you kind of have it, like and. So how do you do that? How do you um, how do you implement that, and how do you get to that that stage, right? Well, um, remember he said, "Oh no," he said, "Pay your taxes, y'all niggas is hus- hustling backwards." Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. I'll show you how to do this, son. Yeah, and that's way back when, right? Mm-hmm. So he was he was telling you how to do it way back then, kind of like how to how to get ahead, how to empower yourself how to buy the hood like mm-hmm. i mean all of that is is kind of you know what we're preaching now as investors right so um yeah remember he said who deserved the medal of freedom it's my accountant oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's that well, talk, that's man. always funny to me though like they never it, it's crazy like how much they pay in ta- like the rich paying taxes it's crazy. Like, man, these dudes pay nothing in taxes. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you, it's not that, you know, they're not paying any taxes, but it's like Jay, someone like Jay is probably tied up in like, um, 
like instead of paying it paying it in taxes, it probably goes to uh, you know charitable um, organizations and things mm-hmm. like that, where um, it's still empowering people, but it's empowering the right people and empowering the ones that you know he wants to uh, for it to go to. So, I mean, when you look at those um, charitable donations and things he doesn't really talk about, those are those are the important things, you mm-hmm. know. And I have to commend, like, like Hove. I really got to commend Swiss Beats because he does, like, an a oh. artist thing every year and has a collection. I need to, like, level mm-hmm. up so I can get in that. Uh, but, yeah, man, so, like, they definitely are trying to support the arts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, in, in that yeah, regard. they are. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who know Swiss, too, and, like, you know, are in the Dean collection. I'm like, Swiss Holland. <laughs> so okay all right let's go back we, we was on the bs let's get back to the art can you talk about fine art connoisseur magazine yeah sure what's up what do you want to know weren't you in there or something yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how'd that all pop off um they uh one of the writers just contacted me and i think he um trying to figure out i didn't really ask him like how he found out about me um but he contacted me uh we did an interview and um and then we kind of went from there it wasn't um it wasn't i'm trying to think because sometimes these things get uh you know highlighted in different ways and they get brought to you in, in different ways um so, I'm wait, wait, hold on, I pause. Work. I need to translate for the art and bullshit family <laughs> what you just said. Y'all, he said, I'm too busy scoring to check no. the scoreboard. Okay, continue. <laughs> no, no, I think, we, no. So, um, I I do a lot of stuff with like a, di- a lot of different um, um, people within the art community. So, and I think that's the best way to do it, right? Mm-hmm. You have to like... Um, make sure you stay in contact, stay in touch, and um, and don't say no to anything. Like uh, mm. something's coming your way. I usually, I usually always try to say yes unless it's something that, first of all, I don't want to be involved it, involved with, or I'm unsure about the situation, which happens often as well. Um, you know, just to give you an example of that, someone was doing a book and related to like guns or something like that and they wanted some of my artwork and i'm like no you know i don't really know like they had some good artists that they said were going to be in the book i'm mm-hmm. um, going to be in this art book but um at the same time i don't know how they were going to like portray that book or you know um uh, uh advertise that so i didn't want to be a part of that so things like that you know that don't feel like they fit you you can you know you would say no but for the most part i usually say yes to everything um not not everything is going to be um, at the level you want it to be, but at the same time, it always produces uh, uh, a level of promotion and um, it's a way to advertise your product and and get your name across uh, regardless. Right. So, um, so I usually say yes to to most things and just kind of, you know, take it from there. Um, and you know we'll see what happens so uh 
when when it comes to like Fine Art Connoisseur or any of these other magazines, if they do reach out to me, I uh, I normally say yeah, I would do it. Um, just try to you know find the time, and hopefully they portray me in in a good light. Um, and that's kind of like what happened with them. Um, it was interesting because I also work with uh, poets and artists, uh, and you know um, they do a lot of stuff with like this gallery in Chicago. Um, that I've been working with and it was the, it, they kind of was like, Oh, you know, someone is looking for an article for final connoisseur. Do you, are you interested? And it just happened that I was already doing an article on final connoisseur for the same month. So it was like, you know, I had to like turn that one down and take this one, um, which is fine. But um, yeah, it, it's interesting. You don't easily reach out to you unless you're kind of uh, pursuing them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Have you have you ever seen anything like that? Like, uh, like, like, how would you reach out to like a magazine or a publication or anything like that? That's a great. How question. do you guys normally do? It? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we're at two totally different ends of the spectrum, man. Yeah, so I'm chasing ambulances right now. <laughs> You're crazy. No, it's it's interesting. You know what? You what's know up? What is good though. This is this is what's good, and I don't think a lot of people talk about this. Um, make friends. Go to uh, Fine Art Council. I went to Face. I've been at Face. Um, their conference. Uh, you meet a lot of great artists. But you also have an opportunity to meet the publishers and um, their media, their social media people and um, things like that, where you can spark up conversations around that. And then all of a sudden they might reach out to you because you guys exchange information or you can reach out to them, Mm. stuff like that. So go to the conferences man. like meet people, go to the openings, go to the openings, any I mean, you can't really do it, you know, now, but I mean, once that comes back together, like do that, go to the openings, go to the conferences. If it's an area that you want to be in, like if it's like, you know, fine art, realism, Um, um, figure out what what conference fits for you and go to them and meet with the people and um, it helps, uh, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because for Cause me, we talk about getting in the gallery. That's the same way. Like getting mm-hmm. in the gallery, so you got to You got to go out there and got to meet them. Mm, just, just getting to the shows, and yeah, definitely. Um, I hear that, and now uh, I think after you know society opens back up, I will have a better. Um, I'll have more freedom to actually get to the gallery openings because uh, my my previous schedule, I wasn't really able to get out to the gallery openings. Um, I was mm-hmm. kind of restricted to Fresno and doing like, we have a, a first Thursday of the month event. You know, some cities do it on Friday. Some cities do it like on the first Thursday where downtown, you know, all the art stuff goes down. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I would do that to kind of establish a local, you know, base of like collectors and, uh, relationships. And so that kind of worked out, you know, on a local scale, but no, for sure. Um, when the stuff gets back open, I'm definitely, uh, going to hit up some galleries and, and things like that. And, uh, I think that, uh, you know, cause when you ask that, the thing that I would think about is, is, you know, 
email is basically for me is like the cold call approach, like putting together mm-hmm. a portfolio and then emailing them over uh, that said portfolio and then just seeing if that um, if if somebody if somebody wants to get, you know, what I have. But the thing uh, that's kind of um, what do you call that? What, the reason I'm kind of chilling right now, O'Neal, because I'm, I'm getting my chops up to the mm-hmm. because I'm like. I don't want, I know the caliber of paintings that I want to like be at when I do get in the gallery and I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, I need like another like 12 months just to sharpen up. Um, but then also, I mean, some stuff in galleries is like, you know, it's comparable to what I'm doing. So there's mm-hmm. that also. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's levels to everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's you climb the gallery ladder. It's just like anything else. Um, you you know you might start off with a local gallery or you know one that you can at least show your work and they, they have walk-ins and things like that. And you kind of understand uh, how your work should hang, how it looks in the gallery, what what price range you know works are going for, things like that. And all the time you're working on your skill set. You're working on how you want your paintings to look because not everybody wants their paintings to look, you know, hyper-realistic or, you know, some people want it to be looser, but they got to understand value scale and like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you can paint really loose and you could, you know, make it, make your paintings look really painterly, but you still need to understand values. Mm -hmm. So And the um, fundamental things it takes to make a painting, right? Exactly, exactly. And you wonder why, like, hey, like, he's painting super loose, and, and, uh, but he's, his painting still looks great, and he's painting super tight, um, and his painting looks great, but it's because they both understand value and, um, proportion and depth and things like that within the painting. Um, but, and you work on that. So you work on that, you train your eyes, um, and that's the biggest thing. Train your eyes. Train your eyes as much as mm-hmm. possible. Um, go look at paintings. Go understand edge work. Um, edge is the, the, the biggest thing that separates, I think, well, one of the biggest things that separates an amateur from a professional artist in our space, in the realism space, is their edges. Their edge work mm-hmm. is just Soft not and hard the edges. It's, yeah, yeah. I mean... You can, a lot of um, amateur painters don't understand that there aren't any real edges on the face. Like, I'm painting a lip, you're not going to see the edge of the lip. The lip is just one thing. It's just, um, it's all blended together. And you might think, like, looking at it on the screen or on the phone, you might think, oh, this edge is hard. It's not. It's actually not really hard because, um, it's blended. It's all blended in together. And I find that a lot of artists don't, it takes a while to understand edges and to, um, to get the values right. Those are like the two biggest things. And if you look at someone's painting, you could right off the bat see like if they're, if they're an amateur artist or they're a professional artist, if you, cause you can see their edge work and you can see their, their uh, values and, and, and things like that. And that, that'll let you know. Mm-hmm. regardless of if they paint looser or tight like your edge work it's just it's still there it's like fundamental now did you ever do like uh copies of like bark plates mm, no no actually um haven't done many 
copies of yeah i haven't done many copies at all okay okay so what do you, you ask that oh i'm just curious because i've done a few and i plan on doing more mm-hmm. and i know that they mm-hmm. it kind of uh you know it's like hitting the gym up you know like it definitely helped mm-hmm. uh moving forward like when i was doing like just as far as like sight sizing and like doing the bark plates mm-hmm. when i would go back to painting um i felt like it, i was a little better but but you yeah. know i want to go and do more and and work on my edge control and things like that uh uh but also um yeah because when i look at your work i i'm always curious because for me um it's like every artist has like a different kind of entry point into art and like a different mm-hmm. methodology. So, um, like, uh, you know, I'm just curious cause I did like a little cast drawing and stuff like that. Were you, you mess mm-hmm. with cast drawing at all or no? No. Uh, well, you know, I'm pretty much self taught. So, I mean, a lot of that is done in, um, you know, some of the ateliers and things like that, mm-hmm. but I haven't, I've never done any of them. I um, I took one. Well, I took actually two workshops um, at Pasla, and then I took uh, a class with Carrie Dunn at mm. Studio Incuminati in Philly. Which uh, both of them, I think, the approaches were totally different because um, you know Nelson Shanks and that whole school—they're colorists all the way. Like my paintings weren't as colorful. I don't. I don't think I ever um, fully fit into school, but like as far as like form and um, depth and, you know, that Carrie Dunn, I mean, he's great at that stuff and his brushwork is like phenomenal. So I think, you know, taking those little classes and and taking those little workshops with those folks um, did help with that. Okay. But in the, in the end, I think it's just, you know, repetition and practice and Mm -hmm. just painting day in day out um honestly when the more i uh, first of all i think you have to know that you have to work on edges to um to notice that your edges aren't where they need to be um for me for a long time i didn't understand like hey people will say like hey you need to work on your edges but you don't really know what that means like what does that mean but until you understand like what that means, then um, then you're able to actually work on it. Um, I think I had my second solo show. I, you know, I was all over my edges and I was, I think I was so in tune with like trying to make my edges softer that they were over, like some paintings, they were overly soft. Like they was like, it was like my figures were almost like melting into the background. Like I feel like some edges were like too soft. Mm. Um, but I mean, you know, it, I think you know it, it all depends on who you are as an artist, and some people like that. Some people are like, oh, you know, your your paintings melt into the background, and and it was great. And um, but for me, it wasn't what I was looking for. Um, but I didn't realize that until I trained my eyes, right? So I didn't get to the point where um, where it was exactly what I wanted it to be until then. So. How do you feel about still life painting? Oh, I love, yo. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've seen any of my still lifes, but like I'm doing this series of still lifes. Uh, it's like a growth series. Mm-hmm. So um, 
it's, I guess it's still ice, but not technically. Um, they are still ice because I'll paint them like, you know, sitting on this, the counter or whatever. But, um, but they look like they're floating, right? So, uh, if you look at the paintings, they, they all look like they're like hovering a little bit, but then I'll like make up like the flowers and stuff like that. So I don't know if you know, but a lot of the, the paintings and stuff that I do is just like off the top of my head. Like some of the stuff is just made up. It's not really there. Um, so I was doing that with my still lights. But oh, I did you mean do like, like the, how you flip like the basketball with the Jordan and the uh, flowers coming out? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are like, I mean, they're like the basketball is there, mm-hmm. but you know, like, like it's like the flowers were there mm-hmm. but they're just i just drew them in like afterwards mm. and then um and then like the roots and stuff, like all that stuff is like off the top of my head like it's not um it's not obviously it's not how it was but it's nice to play around with that like it's still a still ice painting mm-hmm. but it um it's a little bit of a twist on it so i've been working on that with like this whole growth series that i'm doing mm-hmm. um so you'll see some more of those coming out. I have a couple, couple more of them, um, ready to go. But yeah, I like still life. I think, um, I think they they help you understand value and and you know form. And um, I don't think you can paint the figure great until you can paint still life and and landscapes and things like that. And just working on them will just help you with the figure. Like all of that will help you with the figure. I like it. I like it. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's good stuff. I love still lifes and a la prima painting, and that's that's good. Yeah, stuff. Prima. yeah. I mean, and I've been moving more towards that where it's just one path because you know we haven't really talked technical like kind of like how I paint, but um, it's interesting. Like you can really just do like one like one path nowadays um, if you if you know what you're doing, if you prime the surface right, and if you, you know, have the paint sitting right, I think if you keep the paint clean, um, I have this big thing where I'm keeping the paint really clean right now. So um, you can do, you can do that. So you're like me, you're like mixing your value range ahead of time and then just applying it. Yeah. You want to talk process for a second? Uh, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, I'm pre-mixing, right? Mm-hmm. So you pre-mix your value range, and um, what it does is it it uh, helps make your paintings look a lot cleaner because um, uh, you're not actually playing around that much and muddying it up. Um, I think a big part of that, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but a big part of that is um, uh making sure that, you know, you keep your light away from your darks when you're painting. Um, I think that early on when I was painting, I know I made the mistake of, you know, pulling in some of my lights into my darks and then it starts looking, you know, a little chalky, you know, not as clean. And, um, and, and a lot of people say that's because, you know, the values that are sitting next to each other, uh, they just don't work. So, um, winds up looking like that but yeah like keeping those you know fairly clear away from each other and then um making sure that your transitions are are clean um and just you know that all helps with like making your paint look more fresh and 
uh, more lively and more vibrant. Uh, and you know, that that's all super important. So now are you painting um, and, on linen? Uh, no, no. Um, it depends on what painting you're looking at. So most of the paintings are on like the larger works are on mm-hmm. canvas and then, um, the smaller works are on panel. So are you priming with an panel. oil ground or no? Yeah. Um, so the larger ones are, they are primed with like an oil ground, um, you know, prime sand, prime sand, mm-hmm. uh, just so that it's less absorbent. Um, you want some type of absorbent, but you don't want it to be insane. Um, so it's less absorbent. It just, the paint kind of sits on top and the colors come out more like potent, like they're more vibrant. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see that with like, you'll see some people's paintings and it'll just look like everything's sunken in. It doesn't matter if you varnish it or not. It's still, you know, not really as vibrant. Then you'll see other paintings where they're a lot more vibrant, a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, so there's different ways to achieve that. There's I never the one went that back, O'Neal. Once I switched over, I never <laughs> looked back, man. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's different ways to achieve that. There's, if you paint, like, more like an old master, mm-hmm. um, you don't technically need a perfect um, surface you, because you'll achieve some of that vibrancy and, and that glow to the skin within your glazes mm-hmm. and... Um, your stumbles and things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfect example is like Vincent Desiderio or somebody like that who's like, you know, master at that stuff. Um, and his paintings look, you know, like Crazy. they painted them yesterday. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. They, dude, insane. his paintings but, like um, he was like, I'm gonna tell you something, O'Neill. Hold on, man. I'm gonna tell you something real. Like as a father, like his paintings like made me like shed that tear, man. Like, cause oh, he yeah. had those ones yeah. with his son. Like, oh yeah, oh my yeah. god, man, yeah, those are crazy. Yeah, they're crazy, and they—it's like you almost don't want to look at them. Those those ones, like, but you have to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think my favorite painting of his is—I don't know if you ever seen it. It's called Cocaine. Mm-hmm. Huge. Mm-hmm. With the uh, yeah. That thing. I mean, that's probably one of the one of my favorite. Wait, is that like the one I'm thinking of with all the, the joints on the table? It's like all the paintings or all the books and stuff, or no? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. All over the floor and everywhere. <gasps> yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. My yeah. man, that painting is. Uh, yeah, I don't even understand, dude. Because I was looking it, at that painting and finding my favorite paintings in that painting. Yeah. Yeah, that thing is great. That. Yeah. It's literally one of my favorite paintings of, I think, all time, like Dead or Alive. It doesn't matter, like, who the artist is. Like, that painting is just insane. Yeah, he if said, I can get close to that, I'll be good. I, 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 I listened to his interview. <laughs> he said that joint took him, like, hella years. I, I'm trying to get him on the pod, man. We need to, I ain't get that interview. <laughs> he oh, does, yeah, like, sure mad workshops. Like yeah. He does. He does. He does one, like, in Italy or something. Mm-hmm. I want to go. I want to. I definitely need to go to one of those. Yeah, man. Yeah. We need to. Yo, uh, Fine Art Connoisseur, sponsor 
uh, um, if you guys are listening, great ideas sponsoring the Art and BS podcast along with the finest black painters to go to uh, Europe <laughs> so we can get busy. I'm telling y'all, hit me up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was dope. Super dope. <laughs> Oh man, that's great. I love like this, this painter talk, man. Okay. So like, and it's interesting when you said like, if you attack it, like the old masters, you can still get that. And then it's like, how often or, or how often are you attacking your paintings with like the underpainting, the side, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And then building it up. You want to mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I can talk about that. I mean, um, so when I first started painting that, that's just how I used to paint. I used to paint, uh, I used to paint the painting twice, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Painted the whole painting. Um, and you would think you would be able to go in and just paint it really loose and, uh, uh, you know, um, but then I found that I could, I could never do that. Like, I'm not really a super loose painter. Like, I think if you look at my paintings, the person you'll see, you can see the brushstrokes. Um, it's, you know, it's not totally blended, but it's not super loose either. Mm -hmm. So I think um, I was never able to just like go through and just paint the whole thing really loose. So I would technically just paint the whole thing twice. Um, the first time, uh, uh, you know, it would just basically be like, well, I would start off with like a gradai slash underpainting, like all burnt umber. Um, and then I would go in and actually paint it um with full color um but no uh no mediums no nothing just uh just the paint mineral spirits, and yeah. uh yeah yeah mineral spirits and that's it um so so a lot of the areas within the painting can kind of you can kind of see through them a little bit just because mm -hmm. it's mainly mineral spirits um and then once that's kind of set up and ready to go um, i would just then paint basically the real final late painting um with uh you know a 50 50 mix and then um once that's full and done i would go over it with glazes but it would be for it's it was four different types of glazes like i would glaze in um well i guess it's glazes and scumbles because it would be uh and it doesn't matter what skin color, it doesn't matter what tone or anything. Like I always used uh alizarin crimson going through getting that fleshy look to the to the skin. So if you see my paintings in person, you'll see uh it looks really like trans like like the skin is like translucent, like it's mm. really it's really fleshy. Um so I would do alizarin crimson, then I would go back in with ultramarine blue. Um and it gives a little bit of that like veiny look almost. Uh, a lot of the old masters used to use it, use it like on the edges, um, just to uh, give it a little bit more of a transition. Uh, so I would do that with the ultramarine blue, and then um, and then I would go in with like some scumbles and things like that. But it's and it's also a nice view where you can paint into the into the glaze or into the scumble if you um, you know see areas that need it. So I would do that as well, but I haven't really done that as much. Um, I did it recently last year with this painting that I um, did call uh, Superfly. That's actually I'm working on the background for, but uh, and you could you can tell that I did it in that painting. 
I think a lot of the other ones, um, what I'm saying is coming across. I just, it, I just didn't feel the need to paint it that way, you know? Mm. So we, it, we changed it up depending on what we're doing and how we're feeling and the surface and the time and, and all that stuff, you know? Right. And then, well, I would, for me, I would think like hearing you say this and explain it, it's like after doing it so many times, you've kind of narrowed down the process so you can get mm-hmm. to a point in your paintings, um, you know, like, and omit certain steps. So it's like, yo, this is the optimal route to get there. But if I really yep. want to push it, um, then I can, you know, put the sauce on it. But, you yep. know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. It's just like it's and sometimes it's just a mood during too, right? Um like you can go Okay, like let's say I'm painting something. Sometimes I can go hyper realistic if I wanted to. And then but like a lot of times I'm like, eh, like this feels better when it's like looser. Some some areas just feel better when they're just flat. Like I've painted paintings where I just paint, you know, this whole area just as flat as possible. Um, and then, you know, you can't see any brushstrokes. There's paintings where you can see all the brushstrokes in the shirts and things like that. And then, like, you get up to the face and it's so hyper-realistic, you can't see anything. Like, it just looks like a photo, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it all depends on what you want to do, you know? Just your temperament, how you feel at the time, and and what looks right with the painting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I definitely hear you. It's a trip, man, because I had like this, um, I was like, and for like, it was holiday season, man. I had to like, like use the art skills to, to, you know what I'm saying? Like get out there, like you, mm-hmm. uh, like, like you on the block, you holding it down. So I did this, uh, run of pet portraits and I ended up getting oh, like yeah. 16 commissions, right? Oh, wow. So. Oh, that's <laughs> Bro, that was so stressful. Yeah, it, was crazy. <laughs> it was so stressful, man. Uh, was but like, did oh. you bang them all out? Or yeah, I banged them out, yeah. But see, the, the thing was, though, is like I banged them out and then I, I lost steam at the end because it was like uh-huh. holiday season and then like me having to do these and then like outside stuff uh, affecting my temperament as a painter. So all of that stuff kind of, but yeah, no, they're all done. Everybody got their, their stuff, you know what I'm saying? So, and everybody mm-hmm. was happy. So yeah, at this point, yeah, we banged them out. Um, but it was definitely an experience painting all of these different animals. And then it was like, okay, right. how do I get there with like the least amount of, like how you said, like how you narrow it down. But then in certain regards, it was like, okay, well, I have to kind of push this because it's not where I want it to be. Um, mm-hmm. So like that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, there was, yeah. and I think that they were all, I, they were all pretty streamlined. I didn't really have too much problem except for this one cat. There was a cat that just like, oh. it, it, <laughs> that thing, man, it was not friendly. I had to like, yeah, so yeah. But outside of that, you know, everything kind of just sailed. But, um, yeah. you know, I think about what you were talking about as far as like painting and then the things that I learned 
just in painting those paintings. Um, it's like, okay, I, I, even though I'm not interested in being the pet guy at all, um, mm -hmm. it definitely, that mileage, uh, it helped out and you kind of get, um, yeah. Yeah, you you can kind of experiment in certain regards. The ten thousand, it's like yeah, ten thousand hours, man. You mm -hmm. you need to put the time in, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think because uh, I just painted. I don't and I don't paint a lot of animals, but I um, I have two paintings that have a black hawk in them, mm. and you know all the feathers and all that stuff. Um. Uh, and it was interesting because I thought like, hey, I'm gonna go in and. I'm going to probably have to paint every little thing on all of these feathers. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting. Like once I started painting it, I realized that, uh, I was just using the brush. Um, and, and, uh, the way kind of like how you can lay in the paint with the brush. Mm -hmm. I'm just using that to my advantage and just, it, it wound up being a lot faster than I thought it would be. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. I mean, and I saw you worked. Paint, uh, you learn. You work like there's that one you got where it's like the clock, and then it's like some feathers, and it's like a bird or something. It's like oh uh, oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was like um yeah that uh yeah growth. It was like growth over time or something like that. One of the growth series mm -hmm. paintings. Yeah, yeah. I did do that. Mm -hmm. I forgot about that one. Yeah. yeah, that has that has a bird in it. Um, yeah, it's like the flower, so, like the like what the was sun, it rhododendrons yeah. or like what some kind of flower on that joint? Uh, it's like the the day the day lilies or whatever. The, okay, the yellow ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So like yeah. so when you're composing an image like that, like or uh, you know making a painting, like what's your what's your process as far as like uh conceptualizing that piece um i think it starts with the idea like every single painting that i have starts with an idea like mm -hmm. I have this huge well i have a wall in my studio it's like a whiteboard and it's just a whole bunch of stuff written down mm -hmm. half, the, half the uh things on there people don't even know what they are and then i'll go back and look and i probably won't even know what they are either but um but yeah it it starts with the idea and then um, I'll do a bunch of like thumbnails and stuff like that to uh, to kind of work out the composition on what I want it to be. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, um, like a piece like that would be like finding images on like Photoshop or um, just taking a look at uh, uh, the different parts of, of the painting that would be like important and how can I get them, right? Because mm -hmm. if I could photograph them, I think that, my first go-to can i get this can i photograph it um and then it's if i can't photograph it then i'll like try to find it online mm -hmm. um, but a lot of times it's just me looking at so for that painting with all the daylilies um they're just flowers so i honestly a lot of them were just drawn in while i was painting like i would just like after i did the clock I just started like drawing them in different shapes and different, like pointing in different directions that I thought was cool. And even like, cause on that one, there's like, 
uh, one of the lilies that are like not bloomed and it's like laying at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Just drew it. I just like drew it and I'm just made up to like the shadows made up. Everything's made up. But you think it's, <laughs> you know, you think it's like, because it, it just tricks the eye. Like we think it's real. We think, you know, shadows are an interesting thing. And I think a lot of people don't realize this, right? Mm. But the day and age that we are living in now, you can put shadows anywhere you want. Like, <laughs> like because we have so many art, we, we have so much artificial lighting. Like, there are always multiple shadows and um, light is hitting things from different areas. It's not like back in the day when they only had, like, candlelight or, like, sunlight where, like, you know, there's one light source. Like, there's light sources everywhere. And, and our eyes are so used to that. So I can look at an image and I won't even realize that, okay, it's reflecting a shadow on one side, but it's also reflecting a shadow on the other side because I have two light sources right here. And because that's just how we live our lives, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so in painting now, I mean, I think you can put shadows and you can put light sources and you can put, you can put things anywhere you want because uh, of how lighting is done in, in, in the modern day. Um, so I just, yeah, I just throw it on there and just, you know, whatever. Um, folks, Some folks will realize and be like, oh, this shadow's coming from here, this one's coming from there. And, but for the most part, uh, I just make it all up. <laughs> so, and, and then, okay, so you just said that, and I have to do the tangent, because it's like, you know how they do the, the end of the verse, and then the next, the next verse is like directly connected. So that painting you had... Uh, praying this works right did so you just had like that written up on a whiteboard or how did that all how did that work out or did you have yeah yeah man i'm curious about that one yeah man it it, they're just you know like i have a whole bunch of ideas and um and i'll just have them all written up on the whiteboard like right now if i told you how many like ideas i have for painting Mm -hmm. you'd be like yo what the what the hell is going on like because i'll be painting and i'll just have another idea and i'll just write down on the whiteboard like oh this idea is here and some of them never get used you know even though they're great ideas i think uh some of them never get used like i could like rattle off there like i have one called swimming with sharks which is like you talk about how deep it is it's it's a series swimming with sharks eating with vultures um sleeping with lions and that's like the series and but it's like if I decide to do that, I, and don't steal it, I might do that one day. I'm not, but like, I'm not, I'm, not. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. But like, <laughs> there's so many, like, like I don't even have time to do those three because I'm doing like all these other things right now. So I don't know. They might eventually become paintings. They might never become paintings. Or they might morph into one big painting. You know, it's, mm. you never know. But like, so that's how that painting would start, right? Um, I did... It was a series of uh, prayer paintings. There's three prayer paintings. I don't even think the other two are even posted, honestly. Um, But that was one of them. It was was, uh, Praying This Works, and it was basically um, the the nose disguise or whatever, the mask with the nose disguise. But it's also about, like, how ridiculous that is, like, how... how, how ridiculous it is that we have to do that and like we have to disguise ourselves and we can't be who we are and um this is african americans we're we're just strictly talking about you know being black and in society and um and yeah that's how that 
that painting kind of came about, you know? Um, there are two other paintings that go with that. I think uh, there's one called God is Gay, which is interesting. And then there's, um, uh, man, what's the other one? This is all in my, like, first show. This is, like, my first solo show, which was, like, four years ago, five years ago? Four years ago, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of, like, so that's my roommate from college. So if you talk about the people in my paintings, they're all, like, people I know or um, people I, uh, you know, basically, yeah, basically people I know, um, family members, things like that, so... That's my roommate from college. He posed for like a couple paintings um, for me. Got you. So, so okay, yeah, man, hold on. I'm just curious about this. So, like, was the, was your first solo show before she had the conversation with you or after she no. had the conversation with you? No, it was after. You're talking about the gallery director? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was after. It was after. So, um, Okay, so okay. The, so, well, that's hard. I mean, see, it was on, it was kind of ongoing. Like he always, we always would talk about like art and like, you know, artists that we like and like where the work, where the work should be going and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. he, um, we we did a couple of shows because there was one where we did a show called, uh, oh man, the name of it. I remember I painted uh, Colin Kaepernick for it. Um, and I never paint celebrities. So it was like, uh, it was pretty important at the time. Mm-hmm. What is it? Uh, uh, it'll come to me, the name of the show. But um, yeah, it was my, my first solo show was um, after we had the first conversation around like, you know, we'll be painting and, and why we paint and things like that. So if you look at my first solo show, like those paintings in there weren't, they're not really made to be like paintings in somebody's house. Like they were all made to just be like, I mean, first of all, I knew nothing about like painting for like people's houses. Like all I knew about was like this painting, what was important to me. And, um, and I know that, my work was based and the foundation of my work is around empathy and uh, having a level of, of empathy towards everyone and trying to make sure that's what people were getting from the work. Um, Especially trying to relate to a young black male. And it's, it's interesting because most of my paintings that have sold, they, it's like 90%, of the people that buy the work are like white. They're not, you know, they're not black. Um, so something must be working as far as like pulling in that level level of empathy um, around the work, you know? Mm-hmm. You're uh, touching a chord, so to speak, right? Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's touching a chord, but it's also trying to let them know where we, where we came from. The, that that show with Kaepernick was Rubble with the Cause. That's what it was. Mm. And I painted Colin Kaepernick for it. Dig it. Yeah. And it's like, well, not only where we came from, but you're like, yo, we here, man. Like, this painting is showing I'm in the spot. The show is showing I'm in the spot. So, 
Okay. So the the show you did. Okay. So the first show you had was it the three paintings? Those the the praying series, and you had other paintings outside of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had other paintings. They. And you know what was weird? Like, when I first started painting, I didn't know. This is how young, this is, like, how, you know, inexperienced I was. Like, I didn't realize, like, hey, you really need to, like, photograph your work really well. You need to do all this stuff. Like, paintings sold that I don't have good photographs of. Like, you'll never see them again. Like, um, I painted this this one of this uh, younger Muslim girl that sold and you know i never really photographed it that well um yeah there were there were a few other pretty good paintings in there um um trying to think every think about everything that was in that show but yeah yeah uh everything in the show was definitely uh brought people to tried to understand like a sense of um I think what other you know other races other nationalities um other people outside of themselves were going through um there was like a, a water gun series that and that was the I remember I mentioned to you like you know someone wanted to do a book about like guns or whatever and I had those water gun paintings um that were also a part of that show So, okay, man, I have like 80 million questions right now. Um, <laughs> okay. So the, the water gun paintings, was don't, it was the series was Don't Shoot, It's Only Water. Mm. And it was, it was that, yeah, it was like, and that, that whole series um, was a part of that show as well, that first show. Okay, so the, okay, we're going to get back to that, but really quick, I want to ask, like, how did... Okay, so the mentality that you had going into that show versus like the mentality that you have now going into a solo mm-hmm. show, like can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about how it differs? Yeah, it's it is interesting. Um I think, you know, so there's a two there's two different ways to look at it. I think right now, uh well, back then when I was going into a solo show, I I don't know if I fully understood how to pull the work together to make it a collective group of work. Um, I do know that, you know, creating the series of works did help with that. Um, but I always knew that what I stood for was I wanted to create this level of empathy with the work that, um, that hopefully others can relate to and, and find find uh, a connection to, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, um, and that was, you know, that's basically the basis probably of all the works that I've done. But, um, but that was my thought process going into that show. Did I know, you know, what was going to come out of that? No, I don't even think I knew how to like pull together just a really good, um show right now i have um i have two solo shows this year which is interesting but i have one um in june 4th i haven't even announced it yet but it's it's gonna be june 4th and it's gonna be in philadelphia 
Wait, so um, O'Neill, is this a Art MBS podcast exclusive? Oh, yeah, this is a, yeah, this is exclusive. Hold on, wait, let me get the job. Hold on. Art and Bullshit podcast. Art and Bullshit podcast. Okay, continue. I'm sorry, I had to do the drop. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's in Philadelphia, June 4th, and it's called Human Nature. Um, and the the work, I think, revolves a little bit more about empowerment and encouragement and growth as a as you know as humans and as people um i think that's what it revolves more more around so uh there was i had a so my second solo show which was american emotion um that i think that was that might have been like four years ago or three years ago uh, american emotion uh, a lot of people came into the gallery, but a lot of people were like very emotional. Like they like they left that show, like some people in tears. Um, you know, there were things. I think it was a pretty emotional show for a lot of people, and it's interesting because you see work on like Instagram and stuff like that, and it's not as emotional. But like when people see the work in person, mm-hmm. um, obviously it always looks better in person. But then you you kind of feel something differently when you're looking at a figure in person, you know? Um, so I think that show, you know, I wanted to kind of change the tone a little bit of the shows and, and make it more about empowering and growing and not just as a people, but like as a country and, you know, just, just everything around it. I wanted it to be more uplifting. So this show still pretty deep as far as you know the underlying context goes Mm -hmm. but it's um it's about growth and it's about uh it's still about empathy but it's about adjusting our mindset um diversity uh just being able to you know understand our fellow neighbor that type of thing so um yeah so that's that's what it's going to be and there's i think there's 12 paintings so gonna be interesting <laughs> i've been showing sneak peeks here and there like on my instagram like on my stories but i haven't really uh, posted anything mm-hmm. that's hype man human that's nature yeah and so that's one and there's another one um that's a small works show another with a bend one. i don't know if, i don't know if you know a bend right um a bend is doing these 52 um wait a bend uh gallery in colorado yeah Bang, yeah, bang. yeah, they're, yeah. They're doing the fifty-two uh, solo shows or whatever um, for fifty-two artists, fifty-two solo shows for the year. And I'm towards the tail end of it, right? So I'm one of the artists towards the tail end of it. I um, mine's is in May, and um, I'm not completely sold on the title of the show yet, but I think it's called Woke. So it's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be interesting, but. Uh, I have a whole concept and a whole theme around that that I don't really want to reveal yet, mm-hmm. but it's there's small works, so um, a lot smaller than how I work. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it should be a nice show. It should be, you know, it's it's going to be. It's, there's definitely going to be some controversy around it, but I think it's it's well put together. So yeah. we'll see if they're ready for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm. A, I, that's one. I'm. I'm gonna definitely have to hold on. Let me get the drop. I'm gonna have to. You saw me just get out of the whip. I I'm mean, gonna have to it, pull up for that one, man. I mean, I'm, we here. You know, 
might have to, might have to roll out to Colorado to, to check that. You said, yeah, May? <laughs> so wait, yeah, that's May. And, and I don't know. May like, 2022, know right? Or 2021? No. no, it's this year, yeah. Tight, okay. I cool. don't know. And that's the thing. I don't know what they're doing with their uh, 52 shows. Like, is it just an online show or is it just, oh, or okay. are they going to display it in the gallery? Because they've, um, I think they've done both, but they have so many works up right now that uh, that I don't know. I mean, obviously the work gets shipped to the gallery, but I don't mm-hmm. know how they're how they're going about that. So I'll get more details around that the closer it gets to the date. I think. Definitely. Well, yeah, and we will uh, definitely share those details, man. Art and bullshit Art podcast. And bullshit podcast. O'Neill Scott <laughs> exclusive. This is serious business out here. Heavy generators in the building, y'all. Bad <laughs> to get the yeah. air words off for you, brother. Okay. Good look. So, okay. So, all right. Now, two solo shows, and and it's crazy because. It's like we talked about your first womb, and then we uh, talked about how you are kind of the. It's like the the broth to the gumbo is the same, but you kind of you know shifted the ingredients around a little bit depending on um, mm-hmm. where you're serving the, the the plate up at, so to speak. Um, I'm excited, yeah, yeah. man. I'm excited uh, for these two shows. So it's May, and did you say June? Or do you say May mm-hmm. or July? No, May and June. Also, oh, you you hit them back to back. Yeah, they're gonna be yeah May and June. So we'll see. The June one is gonna be nice because it's gonna be up in Philly for like six weeks. Mm. So, it, you know, a lot of people are gonna be able to check it out. I'm yeah. hoping that you know COVID and stuff like that is not you know too crazy. Yeah, man. but uh, it's you know, and it's a it's a nice. Yeah, like the space is really nice. I like the space. So, okay. We'll see. Okay. Yeah, we'll see, man. Well, yeah, man. Oh, dude, it's well, yeah. Well, yeah. If we'll talk, there's some stuff. I'm I'm chasing some ambulances right now, man. If I catch them, I might not be able to go. But if I don't catch the ambulance, I'm. You know what I'm saying? I'll. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so damn, dude. This is exciting. This is super exciting. I'm hyped. Okay. Oh, let's talk about because there's like like I said, I had like eighty million questions. So um <laughs> I did want to talk more about the water gun series, but also I wanted to oh. talk about like the whole one X run thing and how you got hit up. Mm. Like did they just hit you up or how did that work? Yeah, um uh it's uh one of my it's weird, like so I had some stuff going on with um uh, like this gallery, the compound gallery. Mm-hmm. And one of their, somebody who works, uh, was working with them, Greg, who's like a good, uh, a big curator. He used to work, I think, um, with 1X um, up there in Detroit for a while. And he used to do a bunch of art stuff up there. And he was like a big art guy. So he reached out to me. He, um, and that's how I did the Jordan thing with them and their whole, uh, that whole tribute to Jordan that they did around um, the time of the, uh, the show, the um, last dance. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So 
so I worked with them on that and then they uh and then he hit me up again um I think it was like it might have been like November or something and he was like hey do you want to do the um the one in February so the one that's coming out now so basically I mean he just liked the painting that I did um uh with uh it's basically my nephew or not my nephew my um, my godson but he's uh he's posing as or he's wearing the um the Miles Morales costume mm-hmm. that and, hard. Um, yeah so that one is coming out as a print for one x on the stamp you know their stamp prints mm-hmm. and it's uh and it, I don't know if you know too much about not a lot of people like people see the painting and they and they kind of see the uh Miles Morales stuff like that and but they don't fully understand the meaning behind it so the meaning behind the painting is like it goes way deeper than what you would think but it's um it's basically uh you know uh, the name of the painting is called a little more interesting Mm -hmm. and um if you do take a look at the painting you can see that it's you know three figures it's the it's the same person obviously you got the switch um, my godson yeah so it's my godson and then the only time he's actually looking at the viewer is when he's in full color um and it's basically about um diversity and why things are more interesting when uh when when everyone's involved and when you know we have the full basically the full spectrum um he's he's distracted the whole time and switch obviously it's it's all symbolic the switch is symbolic um the game is symbolic but uh the big thing that I like about it is because he's wearing Miles Morales and Miles Morales is the black Spider-Man, mm-hmm. right? So um, that, if you've seen the movie and seen, um, Spy- well, you know, Into the Spideyverse or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I said, I'm a big comic book guy, but like it's as diverse as they come. Like every spider like yeah. every single Spider-Man you could think of is in that. Um, and that's kind of why he's wearing that and why the painting is built around diversity. But um, then I got to paint Spider, you know, Spider-Man's costume. Why not? <laughs> hey, man, you that I mean? joint so, is hard, though. And see, here's the thing, man, is I hate to be this guy. I hate to be this guy. <laughs> but I got to be this guy, man. Yo, man, I might need it. I might need an in. I might have to PayPal you something so you can give me one of them prints in case they sell out real quick. Cause man, that joint is hard, man. Um, that's up, man. Thanks, yo. yeah, man. Cause that's that's one of the joints I got that saved on my phone, man. I got a few of your paintings saved on my phone, and that's one of them. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, that joint, yeah, yeah, for sure, dude. And then like hearing yeah, you explain nice it too, and it, see, like it's wild though, O'Neill. Like the way all of this stuff is working out because. Like, I'm at a point in my artistic career where it's, like, I'm having to, like, it's the bridge is here where it's, like, all right, James, you got to, like, say some shit with these paintings. And I'm running mm-hmm. into all of these, like, artists. And then now with this February Black History thing, talking to brothers and, like, hearing you guys talk that talk, I'm, like, whoa, like, this is how these cats are bringing it. So it's, like, it's it's liberating and it's opening up like a lot of uh 
a lot of mental pathways for me to say things or like maybe ask myself how I can say things like in the form of a painting. Like what does this yeah. idea look like um, in a painting? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 I mean, you're right. You know, I think um, the best paintings, like, so there's so many technically brilliant artists out there. Right. And there's, there's, um, you know, so many uh, creative art artists out there that are really creative, but I think the really, really good ones, they find a way to merge the two where, and we're just talking about the figurative space or, or the realism space, but where, where the creativity and the technical brilliance and skill kind of like mesh together. Um, and they, and they're saying something that's important to them. Um, I think, you know, when you find that and, you know, pulling all of that together and, and I honestly, I don't even feel like I'm there yet where it's like all together. Like, I feel like this show coming up mm -hmm. is going to be more creative than like my previous shows. Like it's like, I feel like I'm working on my creativity still, but I think, you know, if you can pull all of that together and um, you get to a point where uh, it's saying what you want to say, that those are like the best paintings to me when it's like you can bring it all together so important man it's important but for us i mean the thing you know in coming from like a marginalized community i think we have to we owe it you know we owe it to people to like to say something you know um it's i think about it like with rappers like like hip-hop i think about it um like yeah you can listen to a party or a dance track or something like that and it's cool, you know, um, but the ones that really stick with you, the ones that touch you are like the ones that are like saying something or mean something, you know, or, mm -hmm. or, or pushing the culture in a certain way. And those are, those are the ones that I like. So, so let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk music. What you, what you've been listening to lately? Me? Mm -hmm. Um, I've been on like, for this whole show, I've been listening to Big Sean for some reason. Big Sean's album. Okay. Uh, Detroit 2. Detroit 2, I think that's what it is. I was listening to that a lot. Um, let me think. What else? Uh, I like uh, Jay Electronica, his song. Um, I listen to that a lot. Mm -hmm. um, who else is like heavy right now? Um, I would have to look at the playlist, but yeah, those are like that's the two that stick out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that big. Shot. I always listen. I always go back and listen to the old stuff, though. Um, so you know, college dropout, like yay. Mm -hmm. um, I would listen to like you know Jay Z, obviously. Like I still listen to that, like just to get going, like. Uh, just to get started painting because it, it's like motivational. It just gives you energy, you know? Especially at night, like late at night when I'm like, like you know, I'm, I'm right at the last bit, but I need to get over that hump. Like I'll just play something like that. And it's really loud. Just, um, <laughs> yeah, man, those are like, that's like on heavy rotation for me right now. Dang. What about you? What are you listening to? <laughs> um, 
Fresno? I, I, I want to hear the Nipsey. Yeah. Song. Well, I, man, I'm going to tell you, nah, that's, you know what? Uh, <laughs> my music taste is very, I'm a, like, I'm going to run through, because I, I, like, I listen to, you know, a fair amount of Hove. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay, so I listen to a lot of their, like, Griselda records, um, like West Side mm -hmm. Gun. I like um, yeah, yeah. stuff like I like the Alchemist. I like you know Static Selecta because uh -huh. he has like a bunch of people on Black Thoughts. Good, um, Rock yeah, Marciano. Yeah, um, I've been listening to, like jazz lately, like um, Miles Davis. Mm -hmm. You know Thelonious Monk, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Coltrane. Um, Coltrane and Monk got some cold stuff. I, every time I, I will continuously plug Sketches of Spain as the best Miles Davis album ever. Mm. Um, let's see what else have I been listening to. A lot of R&B, man, because I'm in like my single sad dude bag and it's like Valentine's Day. So like Division, <laughs> I've been on that. Um, so you know what I'm saying? Yeah, some Kehlani. Like, I might uh, be, what's up? What's the other boy? Um St. John. Like yeah, him. yeah, yeah. I be yeah, on that. Him. Yeah. St. John, he, he yeah. go hard. Um, but yeah, man, I might put on some Luther. You know what I'm saying? It just depends. Some Anita. Yeah. You know, it just it depends, okay. man. Yeah, I'm all over okay. the map. I'm all yeah. over. You know, or I, or I might put on a Baroque playlist and then just, hey, I need to finish this. Let me get yeah. my, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying, my Italian bag, even though I like French painters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I find that, like, I don't know when I'm starting and just kind of to get the energy. Mm -hmm. I start out with like you know like hip hop or something, mm -hmm. but then like once I'm getting into it, I'm probably listening to like a podcast or like an audio book or something like because um, I I slow down a lot, especially when I'm doing the details like you know spending like two days rendering an eye like like you know. <laughs> Can't be listen, you know, jumping around listening right, to Wu Tang right. and anything like, you know. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. What uh, do you now? You mess with like that Royce and Lupe podcast? You mess with that at all? What podcast you been listening to? No, I haven't listened to that Royce mm -hmm. and Lupe. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, it's really um, good. I, I you know I haven't listened to a ton of the hip hop podcasts. Mm -hmm. I used to listen to the one, uh, the complex one. Um. I think like Joe Buttons had one. Yeah, he, uh, he still has. He, Fat he's Joe. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, but I'm, I haven't like been on like I've been listening to art podcasts really, like suggested um, donation, like John. Yeah, all I mean all of them, like mm -hmm. um, suggested donation. I think there's like Art Grind or something mm -hmm. like that. Yep, and yep. there's um, obviously I went through yours just because you know. Uh, the interview and stuff like that. Um, I listen to, to uh, John's podcast, John Dalton's podcast. Okay, uh, here's my yeah, question. Yeah, what did you listen to when you went through? Because I've never, we've never had this conversation. This is great. What, uh, what, what, what RNBS did you listen to? I was listening to like the most recent one. Okay, so, Russell Harris he, type. He, I mean, yeah, I listened to him. Like I actually never knew, uh, knew about him until that podcast, mm -hmm. which is crazy because, um, you know, a lot of stuff that he was talking about, I'm like, man, we never did, like, we never crossed paths because uh, I, um, I did, I've been doing a whole bunch of stuff in Chicago and then I'm with like, you know, 33 contemporary there in Chicago. So it, it was interesting. So, 
Yeah, I was surprised, but but he like he been around some like rock stars mm -hmm, pretty much. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And great yeah, people guy. I look up to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. No, and um, I mean, this guy is great, man. He's a he's so cool. Like, and I think through that, even after that interview, I I gained a friend. You know what I'm saying? Or like, yeah, no, nah, yeah. I would say a mentor. I can't even put him on a friend. Like I would say he's like a mentor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh from that, because I can't even I gotta put some respect on it. Let's hold on, round of applause yeah. for Russell Harris. Oh, you know what I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he's rocking it. Um, great guy, great painting, and so and that's the whole thing. Um, yeah, this thing is just like developing. You know, like we're we're it's like the hub of black painters, art and bullshit podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm yeah. kidding, but no. Yeah. Okay, so you you're running around Chicago, and I think like the thing is is from what I understand of him, it's you know, teaching and he's just low key, you know what I'm saying? Like working at night and like on paintings and you, and we had talked on the phone and he was like, James, when I talked about doing that Trump Loy show at uh, John Pence gallery, I didn't even talk about the other obligations I had, like as a husband, as a father with church, like all the other around the house, like all Mm -hmm. the other stuff. I'm just like, man, you know, this is, and squeezing that in, and operating at that level uh, is definitely amazing, but it's like inspiring yeah. because like, Oh, well it can, it can be done, you know? Yeah. Um, and then to get in there and, and say something that resonated with everybody. And it's like, yo man, welcome to red dot city. What's happening. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah he's, he's good. Mm-hmm. He's real good. Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, I had him look over some paperwork for me, like, hey, man, you need to check this out and okay it, make sure it's, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Man. For you real, know. man. Um, but you know what's interesting? Like, so, it, I, I think it's interesting to say that because if you start associating yourself with, like, artists like that, like, mm-hmm. you have no choice but to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, it's not that you're competing against them, but it's like, if they're getting better and they're doing like great work, like you, you just push yourself so much harder. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I, um, I do a lot of stuff with like poets and artists and there are like, probably like, I don't know, there's a, there's a handful of artists that work with them that, um, that when I look at their work, I'm just like, like, Damn, I just need to re I need to repaint this whole thing. But uh it's it's one of those things where it's like they're just and they're getting better, you know, they're all getting better. And it's like like man, I gotta make sure I'm, you know, on a level you guys are like I can't let y'all leave me behind, so I have to, you know, keep getting better. So those artist communities, they're super important and you know, mentors and things like that, I mean I have a couple artists that I mentor now and it's like you you have to first of all you have to reach back but having a mentor is like I never had that so mm-hmm. um that's invaluable you know cuz they'll t- they'll tell you things that you never know like I've heard of people getting into galleries just cuz of who their mentor is you know it's just mm-hmm. like who their friends are um a lot of times like art directors and things like that won't even look at your work unless they're you're referred to by another artist that's just as good, you know, or as talented or things like that. So, um, it's interesting. 
Yep. Because he was saying that's how he got into uh, John Pence Gallery. And so that show was like Will Wilson telling him, like, yo, man, get this kid a shot. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he next thing you know, he's like painting been. next to Y. Chulis and Sarah and I, mm-hmm. like, just, yo, I'm in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, man, you're talking about like folks who take like a year just to do, you know, one painting and it's like, impeccable <laughs> like yes. everything he comes out has to be like mm-hmm. you know um insane yeah, yeah. man yes yeah, mind-boggling it definitely is but it's inspiring at the same time but like tony sarah and i i was messing with him like back in the graffiti days when he was like doing stuff at scribble jam like he uh oh yeah yeah so like and then when i got into fine art i was like oh wait that's who that is <laughs> like oh dude mm-hmm. like i've been on you since 98 fool 99 <laughs> like damn like and you're doing that's this over funny. here now like man yeah, yeah. so it's yeah, definitely good. Yeah. yeah but i think that that goes to show how you do one thing is how you do all things right like you're taking that same energy to a different uh mm-hmm. arena yeah yeah, I think it's just your demeanor, just you know, kind of who you are, and um, and it's also what you're interested in too. If you're interested in it and um, you're passionate about it, mm-hmm. uh, you know that that's huge. That helps a lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, we talked a little. Well, we didn't even really because you had mentioned a little bit earlier on. You said like painting still life and landscapes. Like, do you like? Are you a fan of painting outdoors in plain air? You know, I haven't, uh, well, I think I did it like a, uh, actually I didn't really, it was like drawings, but um, I haven't done it. Um, I was invited to a plein air, like group in Philly, mm-hmm. but I think I was just working on, you know, a show or something at the time and I just didn't really have time to do it, but I would like to, I would really like to, I think, uh, It'll really help you um, with all of your work. You know who uh, whose work I, I I really admire. That's like that does both really well. Who's um, that? Dan Sprick. Dan Ooh. Sprick. His uh his like his plein air work is insane, but then his studio work is like insane. So yeah, that um I think it can only help only help but his work is crazy yeah it is man right because he flips those like those like yellow backgrounds doesn't he sometimes yeah yeah he does well i think it's just part of his um uh sometimes he'll put in the yellow like the, the i think it's like a rub-in or a glaze or whatever like yeah with the portraits but it's, and um, shit. yeah with the portraits but i think his uh it's like part of his like uh white almost like it's like his white is like yellowish almost because like you can see like everything has that little bit of like Mm -hmm. um i guess it's like a lemon i don't don't know what it is cadmium maybe i don't know but it's like but yeah he 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 does uh glaze that in i know in in his portraits like before he even starts so Mm -hmm. it's like a rub he rubs it in before he even starts painting or starts drawing man but they're they're incredible though definitely so now when you were um out at the face conference did you get a chance to kind of like meet some of your artistic uh 
hero, so to speak, the the cats that you look up to? Yeah, I mean, it's weird because um, you look up to them and then you just you want to outdo them as much as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, honestly, I look up to uh, probably almost all the people that were there. Like, Tony and them were there, which mm-hmm. obviously, you know, um, were big for me. Um, I don't think uh, the people that were, it's like over a year ago now, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember who else was there. Because didn't they have like a big panel there? Like where they did an episode or something like that? I think they did do an episode there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, uh, Jennifer Balkan was there, um, which I love her work. It's very lucid. It's like, crazy good and she did a couple of demos um they did do uh episodes there but i don't but they must have i think they did it like in the back somewhere got you got where you. um where it wasn't like live or anything like that um i think the the best part of there was like meeting uh uh, uh daniel green before he like passed away um that was was pretty dope. Okay, oh, we got to get some air horns off. Okay, continue. Well, because I have his Subway, his um, Studios and Subways book, right? So, uh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also one of my uh, my other, I would say, like OG Unk. I call him Unk. Jody Thompson. He's been on the show like twice. Great guy. He was okay. Daniel Green's studio assistant. Oh, and uh, so his episodes wow. are filled. If you like Daniel, if you love Daniel Green, Jody got them stories. Like he got stories oh, about man. Daniel Green because he was like his wife is a uh, painter and illustrator, and yeah. she got him the job as Daniel Green's studio assistant. So he like every oh, wow. time we talk, he tells me some kind of new like we talked like two or three days ago and he told me some new story about Daniel Green I had never heard about like uh the story was um they were in class and Daniel Green had a cigarette and Jody would stop painting he would take away from his own painting time to go and get the ashtray so before Daniel Green even had to ash he would give him an ashtray and he was saying mm-hmm. that Daniel Green uh he would get mad sometimes because Jody would stop painting or take away from his own personal painting time to like help him out, you know, but the payoff was after everybody left, Jody got a chance to take those paintings out and look at them and study them, yeah. you know, and soak that game up. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's valuable right there. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I think he, um, Daniel Green, he probably, I think he started as like one of those, like, Street like portrait artist, like he used to do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he worked for like portraits and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, or tried yeah. to, and then the I guess it was yeah. Then he got a job like the there were Cubans doing portraits, and then mm-hmm. they left to go to like the like war or whatever, and then he got a job because they left, and then that's how he yeah. got his stripes, and then bong bong, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. hard story. That's, but art is such a hustle, man. People don't get it. It's such like hard work. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely hard. I think um, you have to love it. Like 
the successful artists, they love it. They thrive in it. Um, if you don't love it, if it's not what you want to do when you wake up, it's going to be hard to to make a living in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah, that was a good one. Daniel Green, man, that's, that's legendary. So, yeah. So, um... Outside of that, because we're we man, we're at like two fifteen right now. So I got a few more questions. I know you about to get back to your your painting practice. I appreciate your time, brother. Man, this is like, man, this is so. This is I know the people will enjoy listening, but I'm gonna tell you when I get you know people like you, Russell Harris, on these episodes really are for me. And if they enjoy it, then <laughs> you know, cause man, like yeah, I need this. This is therapy for me, and a and a level of inspiration. Um, okay, so. Next question is what would you say um are like the two the two like if you were to say cuz I mean like the CV is bananas man but like the two things that you've accomplished in art that you would say like are like uh, your crowning achievements you know what I'm saying like what would you say are the two things mm. crowning achievements um I mean it's it's weird because like I don't really look at like um, like any type of like wins or awards or like you know things like that. I think it's more about a painting and like whether or not the painting uh, achieved what I wanted it to, or if mm-hmm. it touched me on like a certain level, or it it reached you know the audience that I wanted it to. And for me, I think. Um, I always say this, but it's it's basically uh, two paintings. It's um, I painted this this painting of this little Nigerian, uh, well, not Nigerian, Rwanda, this little kid from Rwanda, um, that was auctioned off. But I think, and it's I, I have it everywhere because it's like one of my favorite paintings. It's um, I think it's like uh, my profile picture or something like that. But it's uh. If you see that painting in person, like it's extremely like textured and really tactile, and it was just like it just feels like raw emotion. Um, and it was, I think it was something that I never captured before in painting. It was almost like a breakthrough a little bit. And uh, but the the thing that I think puts it over the top is that when it was auctioned off. Um, it was able to like provide healthcare for like 250 people in Rwanda, which Mm. is, you know, something that was like, I couldn't imagine like a painting would do that. But, um, um, that's why that painting, and it, and it just let me know like how powerful, you know, you creating something can be and and the value behind it. So uh, that painting is probably one of my, biggest ones i think it always will be you know that was that magnum opus yeah it's i mean i i like if i if someone was like oh you want to buy this thing i'd probably buy it back like it's like one of those things i'll figure out how to buy it back um and then uh the other one was is uh this painting i did the, the painting i did called citizen um the first one um 
or second citizen actually. But uh, I think that painting was, you know, one of my favorite paintings. I don't think it's technically my best painting. I think it's just one of my favorite, like the whole concept behind it um, was, uh, yeah, obviously it was self-portrait, but it was like definitely um, real to me and, you know, pretty important. I, I pulled out whatever I was going through and what I was thinking about and um, tried to convey it through that painting. So mm. those are probably the two. And, and so when we talk about achievements, I think I look at it in terms of painting in general. Um, have I achieved what I wanted to do from these paintings? And even though they're older paintings, they're still, I think they propelled me, you know, in a specific direction. Man, yeah, it, it, see, and that's the that's why I asked the question because it, you know, it it was sort of broad, but we narrowed it down, and yeah, man, yeah, because it, it makes me think about you know my work and like you know putting together stuff. It's like you you try to narrow things down and yeah, saying saying what you want to say and, and can conveying that message and achieving that is still a uh, uh, yeah, man. That's still, yeah. you know what I'm saying? We, we, we still getting that, that leg underway. So, um, less about me, more about you real quick. Um, okay. So, so you said Chicago, right? So Chicago deep dish pizza overrated or underrated? <laughs> uh, I don't think it's, I think it's, it is what it is. I don't think it's over or underrated. I like New York pizza, mm -hmm. but um, Chicago, it was good. Like, I, you know, I thought it was good. I, um, they recommended a spot that was there. Like, I think the Uber driver or whatever recommended a spot and mm -hmm. we went to it and it was, I mean, it was decent. Hot dogs might be over, overrated, but pizza was good though. <laughs> It's like, man, these ain't the Coney Islands, man. <laughs> the Nathan, the, the Nathan tacos. Um, yeah, it was, they were, the pizza was good, though. It was good. It was a lot, though. Mm. It was a lot of pizza. I was like, man, this was, like, one slice was, like, five regular slices. <laughs> yeah, piled on top crazy. of it. It's a lot of, it's a lot of that. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. So, yeah, we about to, we about to wrap it and pack it, man. Um, you got any shout outs, O'Neal? Uh, not, not really. I mean, you know, uh, I don't know. Shout out to everybody who paved the way, you know, um, that's always important, you know, shout out to my, to my favorite artists who are no longer here. There you go. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Where can they catch you at on the web? Uh, just the, you know, IG O'Neill Scott. Um, that's that's like the main place. Um, mm -hmm. You know, my website is on L. Scott Studio, uh, but that's all just all linked to like the IG stuff. So if you go to the IG, you can, uh, you can find all this stuff. And also, you guys heard the man May, Colorado, June. Is it Pennsylvania? It's it's Philly, man. Right in the harder part of the city. Mm -hmm. You know. We hear heavy generators in the building. <laughs> O'Neal Scott in the building. Yo, okay. So, 
All right, that's it. You could be anywhere on the internet, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. Catch us again next week. Same BS time, same BS channel. Actually, we'll be on time next week. Once again, this some shit I just thought of, y'all. Scientific fiction that's not admissible in no court of law. I'm out of here like Vladimir. James Drills over and out. I told you from the go. Wait, I told you from the dough. I told you from the get-go. You don't got to go home, but you got to go. Art, 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 art and bullshit podcast.